0: So, and this is the podcast to the show. You can
1: listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track, and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these
2: parts, with Coach, Coach, and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're discussing Wayne. This is uh, Wayne Season 1. There's only one season of Wayne. This is Episode 2, and this is Part 3 of our coverage of Episode 2, No Priests. I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, it's Coach Bishop.
1: Might I offer you some stolen cookies for sale? <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, of course,
2: uh, also with us is uh, our boss, Emily Chambers.
0: Now. When you say offer some stolen cookies for sale, I just want to confirm what you mean by that is
1: you You lifted some
0: cookies and now you are planning to make a profit off of them. I'm not saying it's a bad business plan. I think I could get behind that. I just want to make sure that that was what you were going for.
1: A hundred percent. It's pretty much America, but just out of a backpack.
0: Just like Mm -hmm. super, a very little overhead because you're not paying for any of the things that you're making money on. Yep. That's... This this is the profit model.
2: There we go. Um, Yeah, it makes you wonder. Like this this felt like a good idea to uh, to Dell, but it's almost like if you're gonna if you're gonna do the like steal something that uh, maybe it's like the maybe she just has access to it and it doesn't have to be stolen. You know what I mean? Right, right. Maybe there's some program where she can get them, and she's like, all right, I can make money off these. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, She's
1: running for mayor. She does seem uh, to do what what is opportune. Like it doesn't seem like she's like planning heists or anything. I mean, it's sort of like just like nobody's looking. Boom! It's mine now. I uh, I want to before we start. I want to read a quick
2: something from one of our wonderful buttercups. Um, this is from Buttercup Megan. Uh, she says, "Hi, Coach. Um, I went ahead and finished Wayne because it's both bingeable and so binge worthy." I plan to watch the entire series again and very much look forward to your continued deep dives and the conversations they create. I particularly cannot wait to hear everyone's take on episode five, my favorite in the most heart wrenching. Can I please just adopt this girl kind of way? Um, uh, thank you, Megan. That's so awesome. Uh, this is what is really what I hoped people would feel about this show. It, it, it is, uh, you know, it's not the same thing as Ted Lasso, but this, especially as we start this part of it um there's a whole second chance subplot that really feels ted lasso-ish um and so anyway i wanted to i wanted to explore that a little bit uh when we left off last time uh we were with um tracy and dell after their their little dust up (laughs) tracy had enough of dell's mouth um and then this is like the uh at the end of this there was um they just were sort of Having a moment where where Tracy uh, was just sort of confessing, like, "Hey, listen, like, here's some words of advice, unsolicited." But you know, Dell Del says a thing, does a thing where she says, "Listen, stay out of my business." You know, she's like, "Hey, your boyfriend doesn't like coffee," and and you know, I gave it to him. And it was like he pissed. You know, she's the, the term "piss," which I like. I like it, that it is it is appropriate language for her background. And um, Dell's response is, "Stay out of my business," because from her dad, she knows. Um, you know, push away, push away, push away. Don't let anyone too close. She Doesn't have a mom, so it's an interesting dynamic. And then while we fired the the uh, the old recording machine up today, Coach said something I thought was really interesting. And we were I was just going to blow past this scene and just start into uh, the next part, but Coach, uh, what did you say about this scene?
1: Well, I, this dynamic, this dynamic between Dell and this waitress, like just. I, I just can't get enough of it. It's, 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 uh, it's honestly probably been my favorite part to, to, of the show to this spot. And I, obviously there's some great stuff about Wayne and there's a lot of stuff to, 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 to celebrate and dig into, but I don't know that I've seen this mentor relationship before. Um, not only that we don't see as much of this in terms of, uh, women, I think, but also that I, that I don't, if we've seen it, right? It's the princess diaries, right? It's not like, right? It's not, you know, folks who we tend to look past and what lessons do they have to share and what guidance may they, you know, miss out on as they're coming. I don't know. There's something I'm finding myself very curious and like, I could learn a lot myself, not just what Dell's going to learn, but what am, what am I going to learn when these two get to interacting?
0: Yes. I, I I agree with you on all that. I really like their relationship at this stage. Not that I disliked what they were doing before, but right. there's more to like now. Um I think sort of to talk about their first interaction where Dell ordered coffee and Tracy said, Aren't you a little bit young? And then Dell got pissed and yeah, uh the, the heart wants what the hot wants. And thank you, Tracy. I think the <laughs> biggest difference between Thank that you, Tracy. stage. Yeah. The, the, the difference for me between that interaction and this interaction is that Tracy is actually finally being honest about what she expects by telling Dell, aren't you a little bit young to have coffee? Like, there is a small part of this that Tracy is acting out what she wishes somebody had told her when she That's was right. Del's age. That's right. And I can appreciate that. But Dell was not fucking interested when Tracy brought that the first time. Like, once Tracy became honest and clear about why she was saying what she was saying, Dell was able to hear her, which I think mm. is like Castleton, I know that you did not like the way that Dell responded to Tracy. And Bishop and I were both just like, oh no, 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 that's fine. And I think it was this element. I think it was this fact that it seemed like Tracy was not interested in Dell. Tracy was interested in Tracy. And once Tracy mm. made more clear what she was coming from, Dell could hear what she was saying. And so Mm -hmm. I like that in order for the advice, the mentorship, whatever it is to work, to click for them is when Tracy's like, I don't actually know that fucking much. I'm sort of a mess, but here's what I wished I hadn't done if I could have changed things. So I, I also really like this. And I also like how it mirrors sort of the earlier interaction and how they've changed.
2: Yeah, no, it's really interesting. You get the sense that it lands with Dell right at the end when she's like, don't blow it up before there's a chance to maybe be something good. I love that there's a maybe in there because her life is full of maybes and she would never say absolutes because look at her, look at her face in this scene. She's just, she's just worn, worn out. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, my, my sense of it's funny when people try to give me advice, this may be just me, but when you're young, you don't have the worldview. You don't have the experience. You, you only see through a very specific lens. And if someone would tell me like, Hey, you know, I fucked up and I did this, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to do that. You're a fuck up. Like, like I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, you know I mean? It wouldn't it, it almost, it almost never landed on me. And now I look back on those moments. I'm like, God, I wish I was more receptive to those things because, it, you know, it was people trying to help and, and, you know, being honest instead of saying, Oh, you know, the world's going to, You'll just take the world by storm, and you know everything's going to go your way. Um, but I remember, uh, I remember being like Dell in situations, not necessarily like this with a forty-something-year-old uh, a uh, waitress with regrets. But um, I thought it was interesting, and the dynamic the dynamic is, you know, it's different between them than than you tend to see on like your your average like network TV show. Obviously, um, that's why I don't love network TV, Coach.
1: Not it. my fave. I get it.
2: Um, okay. So as the scene moves on, we get, uh, now we go into a scene where, um, we have, uh, the Luchettis showing up at the, uh, it is like a ice cream social kind of thing. It's like, it's like police day at, uh, you know, where this at the Brockton it's Brockton community police day police community day at the ice cream stand. Um, uh, boss, walk us through uh, what happens in this scene.
0: As they're walking up, uh, one of the twins, I'm sorry, I, I have cousins who are twins and I still can't tell them apart and they're 35 years old. Like, <laughs> I've known them for a long time one time another of our cousins told me that one of them looks like a mouse and the other one looks like a bear and I'm like I don't number one know what that means and number two don't know which one looks like a mouse or which one looks like a bear so that's that's completely unhelpful to me anyway sorry Tommy and Simon apologies one of the twins says I'm getting ice cream and uh, Bobby the father says you ain't getting shit and he says but dad it's my own money He said, you order ice cream I'm gonna bury you in this fucking parking lot that money is for scratchers.
2: That money is for scratchers. Be, yeah.
0: Before they even talk to the cops, this is the interaction. I'm going to bury you in this fucking parking lot. It, I wouldn't expect. Which at least him- shows. Yeah, like that's some dedication.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, I wouldn't have expected Bobby to be so familiar with Dr. Spock. So that was shocking that he's just. A- <laughs> <laughs> yes, he
2: that's just exactly know, yeah, how you raise a child. It. Yes. That's it. This yeah.
1: is like, wow, like, oh, the bury in the parking lot yeah absolutely um yeah part of what i'm enjoying about the show generally and the these interactions bring it out is that it is both dark and almost farcically funny like what like (laughs) if you that's for scratches like i'm like what is going on with these people this is insane um, so yeah but
2: I it's not that far from the truth though Coach. i hate to the say world? it so really? this the way of talk yeah i don't know this is pretty common you, you order and i'm gonna in this fucking parking lot like that is the latent violence in every single interaction is very common very common. I mean, I, this is, I don't know what other I've, have always talked about how uh, people from new England are harder than everybody else. And I've traveled all over the world and I've never, I've just never seen anything like it where it's just like this amount of, it's just tension and misery and the gray, gray so much of the year is gray and cold and uncomfortable. And the people are gray and, and cold and uncomfortable. And, you know I mean? You just, it's just this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's this dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you order you order an ice cream. I'm gonna bury you. Uh, okay, look it. You walk in. Um, Carl, it's Carl and Teddy are the twins. Carl says, "I'm getting ice cream," which is what a kid would say when he goes to an ice cream place, That's right? right.
1: That's
2: you ain't getting shit. That's so. There is no. It's not like hey, let's build a bridge of communication. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's should we workshop this idea? You know, like 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 it's like the craziest thing Bobby Lucetti's ever heard. Is that his son is wants to get ice cream at an ice cream place? He's like, but dad, it's my own money. You order any ice cream, and I'm gonna bury you in this fucking parking lot. That's what he says. This fucking parking lot. And then we say, all right, what is the reason? What is the what is the important thing that the let the financial lesson that um, that Bobby is trying to teach his boys about their money? It's my own money, and the and the and the lesson is that that money is for scratches. Scratchers. That's scratch tickets, in case people don't know. Like, it's for lottery tickets (laughs) for the
1: Mass State Lottery (laughs) to scratch off. Uh. Oh, It's amazing. But the the, the authority with which he says it, like, it's almost like, no, we're going to put that in an annuity. Like, it's like... Yeah. Scratches.
2: Yeah. That's it. That's not Microsoft stock, but it might as well be in his mind. And then on top of it, we've spent a lot of time talking about um, cultural dynamics and racial dynamics and how, you know, in in Ted Lasso, uh, we talk all the time about how different groups of people are treated. Um, Coach, uh, how often in your community does someone walk up to a uh like i was, i was thinking about specifically flatbush uh, the flatbush you grew up in right 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 walk up to a uh walk up to a group of police o- police officers <laughs> in their free time and say hey you find my fucking daughter or what and uh, then have a yeah. ki- a teenager yeah. who with a like
1: barely double digit iq say where's our sister cop not uh not too often uh, i'm trying to remember that would be um da da. da carry the one. never yeah, never. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm like,
2: even I'm blown away. But the thing is, it's a community. And so, like, there is the knowledge. Like, when Jay was like, Oh, you know, Bobby Luchetti, he's a the horse. Is that, like, they all kind of know each other. And, and, you know, so there's this dynamic, right? So, where's Sister Cop? You know what, Dad? I'm going to get ice cream. Shut the fuck up. It's what is what Dean Winters says Go be somewhere else now. Uh, which boss, I would say it's a nice way to treat your kids. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's nice, it's respectful. It's you're building mm-hmm. your, what I'm saying is you're building like a dynamic where they're going to be like, first of all, good to their own children. Yeah. And then, and then also they, they're going to respect you as a person outside of the fact that you have, um, sort of, a, a, a like autonomous con- control over their entire existence, you know?
0: It, so, I meant I autocratic.
2: Have, I said autonomous. I meant autocratic control yeah. over their entire existence. Although, and they will the respect idea, you outside of that, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, the idea of uh, uh, you having complete control over your children's bodies because they, they belong to you, obviously. Like, Yeah. Hey, I have uh, spoken myself uh, about how easy it was for me to, once I came to the conclusion, oh, I don't have to have kids. Like you just don't. You just don't have them. Like instead of doing it, you don't. And it's even easier because having the kids is more work. Uh, I wish a lot more people would consider if they actually wanted to have kids. And if they do want to have kids, if they want to have them because they want to build people who will one day uh, be good for society and nice to other people. Or if they just want to have a mini person that they could boss around, that they could feel like they own. Obviously, the second one is the proper choice for becoming a parent. Yes. If you don't yeah, want, no question, to, Obviously. right. Free to, labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, uh, like, I, I do understand why it happens. Like, this, everything about this makes perfect sense to me, but also it's one of the worst things that people do.
2: Yeah. Like, and the, listen, this is, I say it's common. It's not like every family in New England no. is like this, but like, In this type of environment, I mean, Brockton's a perfect blue collar town for it, but, um, you know, I know I grew up in a a blue collar town. I still, um, live, live in, in, in the place where you'll, you'll see this. You'll see like a version of this. It's not as like open and in your face as this, but you'll see the looks and you'll see, you'll just see it. Um, when he says, go be somewhere else now to his teenage boys who are like basically as big as he is, what kind of protest do they put up? What do they say? Like, okay, I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead you to it, to an answer. But what I'm suggesting is they say nothing and walk away immediately because do they have any doubt that their father will punch them in the face in front of thirty cops?
1: Zero, zero. Like, like, and it seems that they're pretty confident that th- these particular cops would do absolutely zero about said punch in the face. <laughs> that is probably true. That's interesting. So
2: you, t- you think about like um, law enforcement as a deterrent, right? As a threat of deterrent, like, oh, if there's, ple- you know, people slow down if they see a speed trap. But there are some right. members of society who are not phased by that at all and in, in in you know conversely they would be like yeah i punched my kids right in front of the went to the community police day and i let those little bastards know who the boss was and the cops didn't say jack shit about it
1: right right it's
2: a it's a whole different world okay please uh pl- please have a seat uh he says to uh, uh or sergeant geller says to uh bobby he slides a manila envelope across the table and, and what does Sergeant Geller say, boss?
0: I have some friends who could get information for me very quickly. And let's just say I have some good news.
2: Okay, right? Oh, yeah, it's about fucking time. And he opens it up and he says, what the fuck is this shit? To which, and what does he say, boss? What does Geller say back to
0: Bobby then? I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. I don't because obviously Wait. that's what that's what Bobby was concerned about. This is why he came down to the ice cream social to find the police officer to double check if he has cancer.
2: Yeah. What? And he goes, "What'd you just say?" And he stands up. He stands up. He. He's like, Are "You playing me for a fucking fool?" And what does I can't I didn't see if it was Teddy or Carl, but what what does one of the boys say when? Bobby stands up. Fuck him up, Daddy. Fuck him up, Daddy. Is what because they don't have anything else. That's all they know. It's either nothing or violence. There's not nothing in between. Even if it's a cop, they don't seem to recognize. That you don't go fuck up, like, like this is a, a, a law enforcement officer, and that would not be within the bounds of the law to, quote, unquote, fuck him up.
1: I, I, it is also, my to end one. it with daddy that way, right? Like, yeah. you're oh, at once God. this, like, absolute tough guy, but also a seven-year-old. Like, what yeah. is happening?
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. They do this in Clue. Uh, or they, or a Professor, uh, not Professor Plum. Uh, uh, Colonel Mustard says, "I got it uh, from my mommy and my daddy." Like a grown man saying, "Mommy and Daddy," it is so. <laughs> Hi, is where'd you get your money? I inherited it from my mommy and my daddy. Like you're in your fifties. Yeah, okay. um,
0: I mean, admittedly, uh, my fathers are dead, and I call my mother Kathy. But there is something to me about when grown people refer to their parents as mommy or daddy that I'm like, Wah. like. Like there was, man, this is going to sound extremely cruel of me, but I need you to follow me for a second. A woman I worked with, uh, I believe at the time she was close to retirement. So we're talking 63, 64, like she, she was actively planning her retirement when her mother passed away. And I don't want to make light of that. Regardless of the age, losing a parent is extremely difficult. And I completely understand that. But she then started telling people at work that, oh, and now I'm an orphan. And there's a part of me that was like, ah, "Ah, I don't, I don't know if you qualify as an orphan. Like, I feel like that is maybe reserved for something else. I understand where you're coming from, but you yourself are a little literal grandmother. (laughs) You can't be an orphan. Like there's, there's gotta be some sort of distinction.
2: Is there is that part of the definition that it's a child? I think I think I, think so. it, I feel like it should be. I feel like it should be. Maybe she's feel like, like a huge Pirates of Penzance fan and she was always wanted to be an orphan so she could then relate to the uh you know, the major general and the and the pirates. That should we go with that? I mean that?
0: that's it, it, it is Pirates Not a of Panzans the, the the orphan pull that you go for? Because Annie is right there, no, no, and no, Annie, also you know, a musical. Annie,
2: Annie, yeah, Annie's right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. prefer uh,
0: Pirates of yeah. obviously that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um, okay, so uh, he says. Now, this is this is um, you know Sergeant Geller is like he's a cool customer. And, and he's got a vibe about him that they're, they're just, te- they're sort of instructing us. First, when we met him, we're like, he's a fuck up. He left his service weapon on the counter. The dumb idiots were playing with it, dropped the clip out of it. You know, he, he's, I will get, I'll find your dog. You know, like up to this point, we're like, is this guy like a, mm-hmm. what is, mm-hmm. what is going on? He, we found him. We met him with his hand in his pants which is not, a, the optics are not great <laughs> for character intro. You know, you just go, you know what I mean? You just go, what what is going on with this guy? Um, but he's more calm. He says, sit down. And then he says, please. Which is smart. Which I really liked that he said, please. Because a guy like Bobby Lucchetti wants, he, he he's such, it, it's almost, it's not alpha. It's like past alpha. Like he can't function unless like he thinks, like, oh, you fucking respect me. And that's the, a, that's the, the word. Or else we got to,
1: like, that's the right? word. Got, it's got to show him his respect.
2: That's it. That's it. So he says, What I'm trying to tell you is that now that I beat this thing, I'm ready and committed to finding your daughter. Um, and to finding this, and he looks around and he says, This son of a bitch, this bastard boy. <laughs> and I'm like, is he, is he, is, did he choose? What is this? Why does he choose that language? Because he's looking around when he says it. Uh, what is the choice there? Is it, is it him trying to get Bobby to, you know, like think like he's one of them? Yeah.
1: Or? I think it's, I'm on your, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. We're, we're, yeah, we're swear. together on this. Yeah. I think because, although, because it was such a bizarre, like, what? And then this bastard boy, like, are you going to
2: curse this or not? What are boy. we doing?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: I think, yeah, it's really funny Go ahead, boss
0: Although I did know a kid at friend's younger sibling Who didn't swear all through high school uh, And then I want to say Maybe he was about to, like, turn 18 Or start his senior year And my friend didn't catch him But, like, walked past his bedroom And he was sitting there on his bed Very quietly going Fuck Fuck Shit hell just like trying to practice the words to get more used to him so that he'd be able to sneak them into conversations as if he had been swearing his whole life so maybe this is one of those where he's like this wow. uh what's a, what's a good thing to say a bastard boy which That's is incredible. like barely even an insult and sounds more like something from les mids like definitely <laughs> bastard boy doesn't sound like fighting words
2: no right it sounds like a line of haiku yeah um yeah it's not it's not it's not it's not much uh, Officer Geller, but um, he says, "Yeah, uh, oh, oh, this is what I love. This, this, this." He asks him to sit down. That's successful. He asks him, "Please." He swears quietly, looking around to bring to, to sort of break to lean into the boat and make uh, Bobby see he's one of them. And then Bobby likes this. Yeah, goddamn, this is my fucking daughter we're talking about, right? Uh, and he says, "And I apologize for any lack of focus, but now this is my life. This is my mission." Getting your daughter back, and I, I'm like this. What is this? Um, I, it's I, I, I just loved it. A oh, fucking A, okay. I love fucking A, love fucking A. Is this part of your world at all, boss? Do they do fucking A in Chicago?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Fuck,
2: fucking A, right? They do.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not it's not as common as Jagoff, but it's there. I I just like coach. What about? I, I got
1: a fair like amount a of that line? but in um, w- because I went to school essentially in Benson well it was like right, but it's it's near Bensonhurst. so there was fucking A was definitely a phrase that I was very familiar with. Do you equate
2: it with um, is it like an Italian term do you, do you for, for, like
1: from in my experience yes, in my experience okay. yeah it was a it, it was an Italian term. There was
2: this great scene in true romance. Where they like get everything to work out, and they 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 cut away on someone like hitting a desk like in excitement. One of the cops like go bam, they go, oh fucking a, like so excited, <laughs> and then they did the cut. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Fucking a is such a funny for me. It's just it's just punchline. Uh, you know what I mean? Like with my friends, and if I if I drop a fucking a, you know, I'm just I'm just fully joking, but uh There's Bible also- chase psyched. This is what he says when he's psyched. Fucking A, okay, this is fucking awesome news. Awesome fucking news. Geller says, now I'm gonna need some information. What what do we know about this kid? Family, friends, and then this is the first time my my sort of ears perked up at uh Officer Geller, he says, What's his problemo? What's his problemo?
0: It feels a little bit like Officer Geller got all of his personality from early 80s action movies. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I like, was going to say cop of, show. Yes.
0: Yeah. And don't worry. I'm going to be talking about Terminator 2 later in this episode. But it feels a little bit like when in the early 90s, all the white children at my suburban school started saying things like hasta la vista because we thought, yes. wow, that's so cool. that you get to say something that's not badass in a different language
2: that's so funny wow that's funny okay yeah um i just was like what like I, i'm like it's where is where like what's your problemo man like seems like surfer like fast times at ridgemont high to, uh, whatever funny. i'm like that's how i think of it i'm like what's your what's your problem bro like I, like it's a very. Um, I, I think what we do sometimes is we, we will typecast police officers into like, okay, you played, you know, you, you played sort of nose tackle for your high school football team. You're a big ham necked thug. You don't. You're not. You know. You're just like very uh, uh, rigid, and the, the the rules of being a police officer sort of applied to you, and you, you liked it. You liked you know being in a position of authority. And, and we'll sort of end up with, with that, that sort of, uh, trapping for, for police officers. And then you get this dude who's like, what's this problemo? And I'm like, okay, this is refreshing. I, I don't, for me, I will say, I mean, show me the other side of it. Show me a, a different version and keep me interested. And that's what this is doing. And then,
1: well, now what is Bob? Go ahead, coach. Well, I was going to say too, and it's, again, part of my whole thing about this being super dark, but also sort of absurdly funny and is, He's just to to, to borrow from uh, generations younger than mine. He's just so mid. Like I'm sure he solves some crimes, but I'm also sure he fucks up all the paperwork. I, I like I, I'm I'm sure he's lost track of somewhere. Someone is not serving a jail sentence because they got out of the back of his car, and he was like, "Ah, who's got the fucking energy?" Like, he's just super mediocre.
0: It feels a little bit like he wants to run the town the same way that Andy Griffith, or Andy Taylor, I should say, Sheriff Andy Taylor, wanted to run Mayberry. Mm -hmm. Only there was zero crime in Mayberry. So Mm -hmm. when Andy walked around and was just like, hey, the law is a presence here. Don't try to fuck shit up. Everyone was just like, great. Thanks, Andy. Whereas in this case, there is a lot of shit happening. And Officer Geller is like, I'm just going to be around in case anything happens. Just if you need anything, the cops are going to be here. Don't worry. And they're like, oh, we need a shit ton. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm just here for you. <laughs> just here and around.
1: Right, right. I'll be at the ice cream social yeah. if anybody needs me. Yeah, we need yes. you. There's shit going Yeah, on. we do.
0: Actually, we do need you. All right, well, let's go get some ice cream.
2: <laughs> I, I like that you're bringing this up. This is really good. I want to point out. The dynamic here, which is, I, I could, write, oh my god, I could just talk for for so long about the Bobby Lucchettis of this world, and I know a lot of them, and a lot of them are tradesmen. There are a lot of them are workers that that are in the trades and uh, plumbers and carpenters and electricians, and they are very marginalized, and they support the primary block of certain uh, political of, uh, wings of certain parties. And what mm-hmm. happens is they feel marginalized. Everybody in the world goes. White men have everything. And these guys go, no, we fucking don't. I work way harder than I ever wanted to. Nobody gives a shit about me. Everybody looks down their nose at me. Everybody hates me for shit. I don't think I did. I don't know what the fuck everybody else's problem, but I work really fucking hard every day for like a tenth of what my parents had on one salary. Mm-hmm. And they go, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get, no one's looking out for me. So now we, we, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, boohoo, poor, uh, you know, middle income white, white man. I'm not going to say that, but what I will say is I understand why they get there. I, and I understand the, yeah. the how society funnels them there, especially with like the absence of, it's so crazy. I could talk about this forever. How music changed once upon a time to further push them away. And it was had to do with like star a uh, clear channel buying out, uh, stations. It was, an, it was un, 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 un unintentional change but what happened was once upon a time hair bands vanished from radio mm. and then you had to make a choice between hip hop or country that was it rock and roll died it was gone so these guys were like i don't have any anything i don't understand hip hop like like mm. i don't and they all either got pushed to country or to talk radio and they went to talk radio and talk radio is predominantly conservative and so you have these guys just getting indoctrinated for Decades listening, they put it on to have some sound while they work and they just go over and over and over. So this reaffirms that they are marginalized. And so that's what Bobby Luchetti knows. So he sits down and he's like, this guy's giving me the fucking run around. These fucking cops, they're useless pieces of shit. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're a dyed in the wool liberal, you look at the cops and you go, Oh, they're with the conservatives. (laughs) They're not us. Like I know they're not us. Like. You know what I mean? If you're right, right, I, like right, Maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of school, but I know it's like oh, fight the power. Yeah, yeah. No, I think right? you're,
1: this but is those, really interesting to me.
2: But these guys, these white guys that are marginalized, aren't like, oh, the cops are with me. They're like, those are fucking assholes that work for the man. Like they are the man. Like so, it's this weird dynamic, and everybody can point the finger at everybody else. And and I'm not saying there isn't wrong or right, and I'm not saying there's no grounds, but from Bobby Bobby Luchetti's point of view. This guy's going to give him the fucking run around and his daughter's out there. Whether or not him wanting to get his daughter back is love or
0: mm-hmm. nobody
2: takes from me or whatever, you know, macho bullshit. For right? sure.
1: For sure. What, because what we both know and what he knows good and goddamn well is she said, bye, daddy. She did, she was not whisked off into the night kicking and screaming. So. 100%. Give me a break.
2: Nevertheless, He's sure law enforcement isn't gonna help him. So when this guy, this cop, who he knows, you know, anecdotally from around town, says the line, now your mission is my mission. This may be the first time. That's why he's fucking aing it up. Because it may be the first time he feels like he's being seen by somebody in in authority, by by a power structure. Is there and I'm just like, I just yeah, I want to just note that because we'll gloss right over it. We'll blow past it. This Bobby Lucchetti is a, is a anal sore. Uh, He is, (laughs) he is so awful and whatever. But I'm telling you, I, I personally know 50 to a hundred Bobby Lucchetti's of different shades of and they're all a version of this and they, they grow them on trees in this part of the world. And part of it is nobody fucking takes them seriously. And, and they
1: know, well, it's funny you say that part about being taken seriously because if there's one thing that, and I'm gonna speak about this in you know very general terms, but based on what you were just saying, if there's one thing that in quotes should come along with being a white man in America, should be being taken seriously, and I wonder if on some that that, that the element you're saying of yeah fucking a okay like yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to notice that I'm a white man sitting here saying what he wants. Let's get to fucking work. Like, like it seems a little bit like, yeah, but well, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you noticed. Like, I, yeah, I should be in charge. What I care about should be the goddamn priority. I don't know what took so long. Weirdly, I don't think that really. That's, I know. I don't. I was, I know no, I'm really curious.
2: No, no, no. I don't think that even comes into it. Okay, it even fucking remotely comes in. Like seriously, not even. Okay, because that's what privilege is. You don't have to waste your time reaffirming that you're a white man. You are a white man. Right. And you know that, like, you don't, you don't think, like, I'm, I'm outside the power structure. You're just like, oh, this is the whole, the whole fucking reason we pay taxes is so you fucking cops do what I say. When, when you pull me over, you're wasting my fucking time. I pay your salary to catch criminals who would, st- who would steal my daughter. I don't pay you to pull me the fuck over. I'm a good man and I'm a good citizen. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't even think like I'm a white man, and therefore it's par- doesn't even. This is why when when they when they're backed into a corner and they say like I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't give a shit if you're black, white, purple. What that's what they'll say because they don't think of that because privilege allows you to not even waste a fucking iota of your time. Interesting. Ever considering? Okay. It. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it plays into it in that way. Like, oh, you noticed I was a white man. I because they don't feel like what what liberals like or, or progressives, people like me would describe as like oh an entitled white man like they, they're they like I, okay point to my fucking yacht you know what i mean if i'm lucky i'll get a week on the cape every year if i'm lucky mm. like if i do everything right and i don't spend my money anywhere else i gotta keep my my, my machines upright you know i was just talking to my a uh, guy that does uh lawn mowing and stuff that's it he's got it he can't afford to pay people and He's gotta keep, you know, he needs a four-wheel drive vehicle because he plows in the winter. He doesn't feel like the world is customized to his liking at all. He feels he's getting it in the ass every day. He doesn't know who to blame. Now granted they tend to blame the wrong people, and then you have to but still they're not thinking like Oh, that, you know, like, I'm glad you noticed I was a fucking white man. They don't think you. of themselves. They don't have to think of themselves that way. No, so, no I, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's anyway.
2: actually- and, and listen, anybody has a different, this is my perspective from living in this part of the world for, for a long time, but that doesn't make the right perspective. I know elsewhere it may be totally different, but at least I'm speaking for the great Northern, um, idiot, uh, of, of, of that group. I grew up, I grew up inside great Northern white man. And I grew up inside that group and exist inside that group, and so I have some insight into into that particular uh, demographic.
0: I, I actually, I don't think that it ever occurs to white men. Uh, but I'm white; you should be paying attention to me. I do think it's much more—it's much closer to what you're saying. I would say that the actual privilege is every single straight cis white guy that I know even like the extremely progressive ones, even the ones who are aware of white privilege and male privilege and everything else, believes that they are somehow the exception to the rule. And the amount that they believe that can vary a good deal. But I think what we're seeing from him is a lot of what you're saying, Castleton, in that what he thinks is nobody ever listens to me and I am the smartest person I know. How is it that (laughs) nobody else knows I'm so fucking wicked smart. Yeah. Why right. aren't they listening to me? Right. So yeah. it, like, he actually probably does feel shit upon by the world, and that he is. It doesn't. He is not getting a fair shake because he still has to work. What? If I were so privileged, why the fuck do I have to work every goddamn day? It So. Yes, yeah. I don't think that it consciously occurs to him. I
2: gotta I think, fucking work every day there, guy. And, yeah, and over, over down fun. the fucking street, these guys are getting welfare for fucking doing yes, nothing. Yeah. They get the free I apartment, mean, they get yeah, the free fucking yeah, car, yeah, yeah. they get yeah. the fucking bus pass. I'm just telling you, that's how they think. Mm-hmm. And, right. and from that perspective... When
0: race does, does come oh, into... Play yeah, like I for see that. where they get there.
2: That's what, yeah. It's it's it's, it's never.
0: Not, I am yeah. lucky because I'm white. It's always Look at other it. people are getting stuff because we are mean to white people if they think about it that way.
1: Right? right, right. No, I'm because their thinking is fucked. No, no I'm hearing you. No, it's interesting. It's really it's sort of fascinating.
2: Yeah. So so okay. I also want to talk about. I love to talk about shots and how beautiful the framing is. Um, when you shoot a scene like this. You have uh, what's called AD, uh, an assistant director. Assistant, the AD um, is like is like uh, uh, people who don't know uh, when how to shoot. Like, I've never shot a scene or never been on set. Your AD is like the um, master sergeant of of any operation. It's like an NCO. It's like the person who has the I don't want to say the biggest balls because we're just talking about white, like you know the the patriarchy. But the, it's the person with like. You're just scared of most, you know, not always like physically scared, but you're like, they just run, they keep the trains running on time. That is a great AD, right? That's just how they do it. So it's people think, Oh, the director, the director is there to, so that one person has a vision and the director directs the actors and, and adjusts performance and, and, and has an overall point of view and, the, the cohesiveness of the vision is based on the is the director, but the the assistant director, the AD, is like they make sure everybody gets set. Let's get moving, get in places, and let's you know like everything's got to keep going. And when you have a really good AD, and I should look up who the AD was. I'm sure there's more than one on this uh, on this set, but um, we'll, we'll definitely look into that. Um, but sometimes they have you have background actors, and they have they say, okay, cue background. And they say rolling. Well, they don't say rolling anymore now because that's that's so fun. That's film. But they used to say rolling and they say action. But you would cue the background actors ahead of time so you would have them walking in the background to make the scene feel more believable. And sometimes they screw that up. And then that's called continuity. Somebody's job has to, has to be to look at it and be like, oh, the lady in the really loud yellow coat mm-hmm. was crossing here so she couldn't possibly have made it that far. So it's it gets much more complicated than you think but this show does a really good job with back, with background and then they have this gorgeous shot where it's framed because you have to remember you're still in public this isn't this meeting is not taking place um in the in the in the precinct uh in in the in the police uh station this is out in the community it's community policing day <laughs> and so people are walking around people are you know there's a shot of of uh sergeant um Uh, Geller and behind him, the people are, there's a line. They're ordering, they're ordering ice cream and they do a good job with it. And then there's this beautiful shot where it's, it's a shot, um, in, in, uh, of Bobby Luchetti sitting at the table. And then behind him over his left shoulder, you have the two twins, you have Carl and, and Teddy, and they're just standing over there. Carl is eating an ice cream. He went and got an ice cream, even though he was offered murder. As a result, but he still, <laughs> he still did it. So I'm like, does he think, I'm like, is he crazy? I'm like, why did
0: is no, he, he
2: yeah, what is the boss?
0: He knows that his dad is going to make that threat every time and follow through, not every time.
1: Right. If he never it, did it. I mean, it's it, just yeah. that simple. Yeah, that, that was a thought I had. He gets told that he's going to be killed eight times every before single day. breakfast. Right? So he's yeah. like, yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll roll the dice, you know want the, the way
0: that his father interacts with him is through these sort of violent threats but he only actually ever acts out on them occasionally it's it'd be too much work to beat up your son every day every day come on that's so it's so hard <laughs> so
2: again the uh yes now let's talk about the production design and the, and the wardrobe and the co- wardrobe and the costuming you have Bobby Chetty he's in a he's in a knit cap uh, unmarked it's not like it's a Nike cap it's a, it's you know it's a work cap because he's got to probably work outside he's got his carhartt jacket on the insulated carhartt mm-hmm. he's got his chain he's got his jeans and he's got like his work boots that's the that is the gen x and older uh blue collar tradesman work a day attire mm. here in new england i don't know if it's like this everywhere else but that's like starting with gen x and older all the boomers and all the silent generation that's what everybody those three generations more and millennials are a, little, are a little different boss
0: um in the midwest they would not have that chain necessarily uh, most wouldn't it depends it depends on uh what you got going on the rest of it all together also i forgot to mention earlier you said something about how uh hair metal went away and rock music died or something and uh, that is because you are an old person I, I just need to clarify i need to need to reach out real quick and acknowledge the uh, indie emo scene of the early 2000s did, in fact, shred in many ways. But you had already left college, so you did not get to hear. No, no, no. This is not this is not me. No, no, but no, 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 but no, that- no. I know. I, I, I know. I'm teasing you a little bit. I'm just saying that for that group, this is the way that it always happens. You get a little bit older and you're like, what the fuck happened to music? Like, I'm doing it myself now. I'm like, who the fuck is Olivia Rodrigo? What the fuck is happening here? But it's because of molt. Cause I'm old now.
2: I, 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 yeah, no, no, no. There's a certainly Olivia Rodrigo is really legitimately good. By the way, and I've heard like, that it, she's you know, very she good. She is really good, like seriously. Um, and uh, and um, I, I've always tried to stay up with music myself. And I always wonder. I always wondered um, if I'd be one of those guys that didn't know what music was like coming out and was new and whatever. And I've always tried to. And sometimes it was hard or whatever. But what I'm saying is, like, generally, generally, those guys were not alternative. Um, listeners, there it's like a, they, they needed network TV. And if network TV went away, they're like, Oh shit, I have to, that was the, that was network Def Leppard, uh, Van Halen, um, White Snake, Kiss, uh, you, you go, and then, then you can, it scrolls into Megadeth and Ozzy and all those things. And like, so there's, there's, there's sort of different versions of it, but it all generally stopped being played in mass on the radio and, and and alternative doesn't count that's not what we're talking we're not talking about emo music we're not talking about uh grunge. no we are talking about grunge but then grunge went away too so it was just this thing that happened and anyway we can talk about this another time we don't have to discuss it but it's just, I always find out I always wonder anecdotally what role that played when guys went to work stopped listening to you know Van Halen is a perfect like example and then and then where did they go from there? And they're like, I don't like, you know, they weren't listening to like Michael Jackson, let's say, like, you know I mean? It wasn't pop music that they were into. Mm-hmm. They were into like a different thing. So anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We can, we can, we can, we can talk about this forever. I have a couple friends who are like music, uh, they're like professional DJs and um, they, they came up through, like there's still DJs in the world. Like there's like eight left. And we have friends that are like two or three of them, <laughs> um, and they talk about like what happened to music and how it went away. And they can talk very, very eloquently about uh, how everything changed and why it all changed and what role money played in it. And you know, it's really just fascinating monopoly um, monopolies inside the radio business. So, anyway, that being said, I was saying um, that the, there's a uniform work uniform, and then the Lachetti boys are in the background in their track suits. Um, and the, and the, and I like that you said the, the necklace, cause the necklace is a couple things. The necklace is Italian. And sometimes you have the, it's like, that's a very common thing in Italian uh, communities, but also it's like the farther you get out to the suburbs, the less you'll see chains and things like that. It, it, it then it becomes even more hardcore. Um, and less like, you know, the jewelry could be, could be like, ah, oh, look at this fucking guy with the jewelry on there. I'm going to fucking choke you with that thing guy. Like there's there's just no, I know, I know it's crazy, but like, that's really how it is. And let's say outside any, any major city, you get like 50 miles outside. You're, you're basically in Tennessee, no matter, you know, what, what state you're in. So, um, okay. So you have this beautiful shot of the boys looking over the shoulder. And, um, he says, Geller says, uh, can you take, pick this up boss and say, um, uh, What does Bobby say? He says, what's his problemo? And uh, just talk about this a little bit here. Go through the lines there.
0: Well, before this little cocksucker stole my daughter, stole my daughter, by the way, as if she were a TV or a car. 100%. 100%. Yes. Stole a perfectly
2: good zenith. She's basically that. Uh,
0: Yeah. Stole my daughter. He burned down his house and he burned it down with his dad still in it. Uh, But truth be told, that firefighter told me that the dad was already dead before the house burned down. I don't know, cancer or some shit like that. I'm not really fucking sure. So number one, we already know exactly how Bobby feels about his daughter, that she is property and that she has been taken. He is not concerned about her safety. That isn't the issue here. He's not worried that uh, Wayne is doing untoward things to his daughter. He just wants... Well,
2: he is is, because that's what he would do. Remember, remember what he said we don't even know what she's doing, and we're like, "Yeah, you say that because you are a disgusting pig, and that's what you probably would do." But you are right; that's not his primary goal. Well, but he is property. Yes, he is not concerned
0: that she would be negatively affected by that. He would be concerned that she would lose value. Yes, because she is property.
1: Yes, that's a so even if he doesn't
0: want, that's a
2: assuming they found. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Coach. You assuming that they found Dell like this afternoon would he be like oh i'm so happy you're alright come here or, or no. how would he treat Dell
0: don't you fucking run away again what the, what were you thinking you're going to run off with that fucking asshole you don't know what it's like out there i'm the only person that can protect you now get inside before i beat your ass that's
2: right this is a man who grabbed his daughter by the hair remember that yeah that was oh strong. yeah that was super strong yeah yeah you should have seen I watched your faces when then he made that move. Because I feel like that was a we talked about it, so we don't want to dwell on it, but like that that's where you go, oh 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 oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that oh this is You're grabbing your daughter by the hair. Okay, like yeah. so Yeah.
1: yeah. Like this you you you, you I beat know your you're children up. It's not that you like believe in corporal punishment. like you beat your children up, like as if y'all are in a fight that only one of you gets to participate in. You beat yeah. them up.
0: It, also, there is something that's so even though it is very aggressive and painful, there is something that is so <sighs> bitchy about pulling somebody's hair. Like it's such a weak move. You're not punching anybody. You're not risking anybody doing anything back. Like you are, like that's, that's something a little bitch does. So yes, he is violent, but he's also a violent little bitch in the most derogatory way. I can say that.
2: Did you guys ever see the SNL Sam Sam Adams commercial with um, Bill Burr? So it's, it starts – oh, my God. If you oh, tell me you haven't seen mm-hmm. this, oh, my God, you're going to love it. So Bill Burr, it's a bunch of people doing it. Sam Adams starts the season with winter fresh and, or, or like autumn whatever beverage. And, and it's a bunch of randos drinking it, uh, drinking Sam Adams autumn lager or whatever. And and then they're all like do the generic, ooh, that's great. Ooh, that's tasty. And then you have Bill Barr, who's a real, he's just like Bobby Luchetti. And he's like, oh, I don't, he drinks the whole beer and he goes, I don't like that. Um, and there's this moment, his son th- pushes um, a cart I- into him from behind. And he's like, we got to go. you know, I'm going to be late for work, daddy. And he's like, I'm trying, I'm fucking enjoying myself. We'll, we'll link it into the description or, we'll, or boss, you can uh, tweet it out. But there's this moment where the kid is trying to get to work, this uh, the adult son of the Bobby Luchetti character played by Bill Burr. And the kid is like about to rebel. They're in a supermarket. And Bill Burr looks at him and he goes, oh yeah, It's today the day? Huh? Yes. He goes, today the day you're going to take a swing at your old man? And so we say that in my family all the time. I It is a joke with me. I have the sweetest son in the world. He's 13 years old. He is like a he is like a bunny rabbit. He is so wonderful, but like if he ever even like uh like looks at me funny, like like even like remote thing, I go, huh? Today's the day, huh? Today's the day, because the pre- presupposition is in New England that day always comes.
1: That's right. It's it's the inevitability that's built into the comment. That's kind of shocking. Yeah
2: is today the day you take a swing at your old man because the old man like a lion in the wild right uses his physical force to keep you down until the point where you can chase him out of dodge That that is so disturbing I can't even I cannot even stress it's super primal. a horrifying of a, of a of a paradigm that is that is terrible
1: yeah no it's it, it, it's 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 incredibly primal um and and a really some of there's there's a piece of it that I'm like it's natural and can' and will it i think as we do better we can channel it in a in a different direction than an all out like actual fist fight but i do like i think there's also a natural sense of like yeah you know what Like, I see my son come up the stairs and he'll stay, you know, he's standing there all bare chested and and muscles. And I'm like, yeah, I used to look like that. And then, but then part of me is like, like, I joke in quotes, but I'll be like, are you, what you think? Like, you intimidating somebody walking up here? Like, oh, you got your shoulders popping? (laughs) You did shoulders today? You did, looks like you did shoulders today. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there is a part of it, right, that, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll grapple and wrestle and stuff. But I do remember the first time he legit had me off balance. And I was like, whoa, like, OK, like, I got to play. I got to pay attention now when we play like this. Like, I can't just be like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And half watch the game like this guy can take me down now. That That is a thing that could happen. Um. But, yeah, you don't want to – I would not recommend getting into full-out brawls with your uh, children as their rite of passage. It, that doesn't strike me as a good way to go. It's so funny. Yeah, we don't have any of that. Not, we don't even, like,
2: wrestle or any of that. So oh, really? Just not yeah, no, yeah, no, Alex no, no, definitely. Well, I think, Alex, you, got, you have athletes in your house. My kids are just, like, so – they're just – like I said, they're – this one, the, the 13-year-old, like if you met him, people listening to this, they would be like, oh my god. Like he's like a stuffed animal. He's so like I'm like, this is the day you take a so year old man, and he'll just like laugh and then hug me and put a head on
1: my shoulder. <laughs> like, da-da. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's,
2: but they just he's think it's funny. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's so not our dynamic. And now you have probably Chetty, I don't know, cancer or some shit like that. I'm not really fucking sure. Now Which
0: I, I just need to point out is yeah. such An indication that he is not paying attention to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Yeah.
1: What do you mean? Because Officer
0: Geller has only repeatedly been talking about how he's afraid he has cancer and now he doesn't have cancer. And the fact that he would casually bring up in the conversation that Wayne's dad just passed away from cancer and that that he like he doesn't even know enough to know how what he's saying will impact other people. He's just talking shit.
1: Yeah, actually, I'll let I'll let us continue for a moment because he if you miss this if you miss this element of his not giving a shit, um, he then so we get did you did you say cancer? Yeah, you know what? I gotta have a smoke. So I am talking about someone dying of cancer to someone who just had a cancer scare in the midst of an ice cream social where there are families and children. And you know what, though? I got to have a smoke, so fuck all of y'all. Like, fuck every single one. Not even fuck you, because I would have to actually think about the fact that this would impact you to say fuck you. I'm just going to smoke, because that's what I feel like doing.
2: Now, listen. Yes, that's true, too. First of all, I don't think Sean Simmons, the creator of the show, gets enough credit for just this line itself shows like, oh, he he is isolating three different people's how they're affected by cancer in 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 completely different ways if you if you hear the first part of bobby lucetti's speech he says yeah the kid fucking burned down a house with his old man and if you're the cop you go whoa jesus christ this kid's a fucking murderer right and then he says oh you know it's like the old guy you know the guy's already dead i guess the firefighter said or whatever dance cancer or some shit i don't really, i'm really fucking sure And you're like, oh, wait a sec. Like this is right. So totally changes Geller's opinion, especially because he just passed over the paper that said whatever. And the reaction is, I don't know, cancer. And I got to have a cigarette. Now, coach, it would be better if he said, you know, fuck everybody. But he doesn't. What does he say? He goes to he said, first of all, Geller checks. Did you say cancer? You know what? I got to have a smoke. Can I have a smoke? Can I have a fucking smoke? Can I fucking smoke
1: here? Can I fucking smoke it? What is happening? Which is
2: what? What is that? What is the reason for that line? What is that saying?
1: Because you can't fucking smoke anywhere anymore with this bullshit. That's that's right. Why? Because they're fucking liberals. That's Um, right. Right. The liberals are in
2: charge. I can't even fucking smoke outside. I can't smoke on my fucking. I can't. They're going to legislate every part of my existence. All I fucking do is raise good kids, (laughs) pay my fucking taxes, go to work every day. And excuse me if I want to have a fucking cigarette. Right, right, right. I'm not hurting anybody. Right, right. I don't believe. I don't. I don't believe in secondhand smoke. That's a fucking. Right. That's a liberal fabrication. That's the libs. All right. It, we're outside. How could it possibly? I don't know science. <laughs> I, how could it possibly hurt anybody? I'm literally outside. You tell me the wind, uh, fucking, isn't going to carry it away. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the mentality. You just go what like but he is certain of that can i fucking smoke here
1: because he's persecuted coach he is a persecuted but but, but also to say can i have a fucking smoke here but he's not actually asking he's declaring what you're describing it's really a declaration that i am going to fucking smoke here i don't know if you have some stupid fucking rule that i clearly don't give a shit about, including we don't randomly scream curses when children gather. Right. Like, what is happening? Why do you you keep screaming, fuck, knock it, like, what's happening? No, it gets so much
2: better. Can I fucking smoke here? Shit. He lights the cigarette, the uh, Geller, like, wincing because of this guy. Hey, everyone, my daughter got kidnapped. As he lights a cigarette, right, and so what does he say?
1: So I'm going to s- say this amazing line. So I'm going to smoke. You can all fucking blow me. Wow. <laughs> if he just
2: said "fuck you all," that would have been one thing. But he he just declares and turns sort of behind him without looking, <coughs> does some sort of hand gesture, and says, "You can all fucking blow me." And then you get the best insert of the episode. Which is what, boss?
0: Of course, as he's turning around, there is a mother with her two young daughters at the table, <laughs> hearing and witnessing everything happening. And, and right. the 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 face on the mom is maybe the best because yes! it, she's not even yes! it, it like she's not shocked by it. She's just like. Uh, uh, uh.
2: It's like, seriously,
1: okay. idiot. Like, seriously. That, yeah. This is not, she's heard this all before. This is not like the clutch your pearls and the fancy restaurant scene. This is, a <sighs> I just wanted to bring my kids out for some ice cream. Like, you and think now I'm dealing with a guy with
2: this. sitting at a table with a cop. What might have, like, what's the cop
1: doing? Right. Like, what's well, right? happening here? Right.
2: That little insert of these, it's just an insert. There's no guarantee that these girls were even on set. There's no guarantee that this was even shot in the same place. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. As long as they match the light, you don't know. But I laughed so high. I roared. I, this is my sense of humor. You can all like, and then below me, which is so, it
1: is so, so oh, vile. Fain, yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's so vile. Like, it's such a vile thing to say like that, but yeah. In the in this context, And
2: normally you wouldn't care if this was like a a locker room, right? Right. right. Yeah. 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 But 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 here, the way it's said in defiance of his persecution, and he's going to go get himself cancer because the boy's dad died of cancer, and because a cop just beat cancer, he's going to go. Oh my god. I I I I I. Ugh, it's amazing. Okay, so I just can't can't get enough. So so now he says, "What's your fucking deal, huh?" And now we we see now we see something. You called him mid coach. I'm, I'm very am fascinated by how people view Geller at this point in the in, mm-hmm. the, in the story because he's a he's a fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, what is going on here, boss? Walk us through what uh, Sergeant Keller's is doing now.
0: So at this point, he is actually trying to. Work the case. He's doing some. Um, I don't want to name any specific shows, but anytime that they have the uh, profiler show, where they're like, "Oh, yeah,", yeah the yeah. the the criminal must have done it because of unresolved issues with his mother, and it's like, well, maybe, maybe. But he is trying to figure out Wayne's motivation, and so one of the things that he asks is, "Now, this boy," he says, "He's obviously lashing out. He's in pain." And Bobby does not care for that whatsoever. Right, right. There is no chance he wants to identify with Wayne and what Wayne might be going through empathy, between his yeah. father dying and anything Empathy else. is yes.
2: not the strong suit of this type of Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, empathy is not, yeah, not the way to To go.
0: the point that he says to Geller, Are you fucking? You're fucking with me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, he says, Maybe we should be helping him. And Bobby says, That's it. The he fuck says did you
2: say? He says it kind of to himself. He's not looking at That's Bobby. It. He's like really yeah. sort of, yeah, thinking through this. But as soon as he says it, right, Bobby says what?
0: So, he says, what did you fucking say? And then <laughs> the taser behind him as he's jumping up to like really make this a fight. Fucking taste. Because it is, uh, by the way, again, a police function. I can't. A po- uh, uh, a, yeah. A police function.
1: I cannot stress this enough. Exactly. Yeah,
2: he gets tased right away by Jay. Officer Jay Gennady is right behind him. Uh, did you see how uh, how phased by this was uh, – yeah, good. Coach. Talk about Coach is making a hand signal. Not
1: at all. Like, it was so funny because, uh, you know, so he's sitting there. We should watch out for this guy. You know, we've got this guy jumping up. He now wants to fight. And there's, he, uh, he doesn't even move his head to watch Bobby go down. Like, he just shifts no. his eyes. And follows yes. him down to the ground with his eyes, and then looks back <laughs> up, like, okay, like. <laughs> you know. I I, f- I find it very zen. Uh,
2: like uh, he's just like very calm. You know the the uh, it's it's like he, he's not. I know he, he would say the Andy Griffith reference is really fascinating. I want to think about that. Yeah, yeah, but he but he's not. He wasn't worried about. Did he seem like oh this guy's gonna... Come. You just think he was just like okay, like. You're gonna do this. You're, you're Bobby shetty, You you're, you have a five cent head. You're probably gonna be do something stupid, and Jay's gonna tase. Like like it's almost like a practical inevitability.
1: Yeah, because the tasing. I mean, far be it from me, of all people, to uh, excuse police violence, but <laughs> I gotta think. <laughs>
0: That, that if you what, what an
1: jump, accomplishment. If, I think that if you jump up and start cursing at some, you know, police captain or whatever, you, you know, you have to accept that there 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 is a possibility that you're about to catch it. I mean, like you're about to get it because, come on, what do you? Like it's so funny to me that the approach is I'm going to kick your ass, and just how quickly it's like you're really not. You're really. Like I get that you're in your backyard slapping your kid around, you are the boss, but you're really not gonna kick my ass. Like I'm I'm not I'm not phased by your threat, and I'm also not phased by the fact that you're now on the ground. I don't really You're not gonna yeah, kick my ass. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Like this is like yeah.
2: right away. Instant. Oh, Okay. And then what does Jay say?
1: Officer Jay, what does he say to, to uh to Officer G- Sergeant Keller? I Can, cannot believe you, he did this after all you've been through with your cancer and everything. Which, again, the absurdity. Like, what is happening? Right? Like, that's funny, but what? And, um, and Jay's super emotional. Every time we've seen him. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's been like, you know, he's like, Jay, calm down. Every time.
1: Yes. Jay. Jay. But he's not the I kind of emotional he, you would yeah. expect out of a, a cop. Like, on a cop show, right? right? Yeah. It's like uh yes. almost like a nervous, like you would expect this to be like the nervous uh mom that everybody's like, it's gonna be okay. Right? Like, he's yes. Like, oh, and you were sick, and why would he be like, what is going on here? So yeah, I I it's just it's great. But yeah, he's really upset and can't believe like that we're not all being very super sweet right now. Um yeah. but the After best all is you've been through
2: then, with your cancer and everything. The, yeah.
1: Jay. There's something I forgot to tell you. Like every character here is insane. What do you mean you forgot to tell him? like he's beside himself with concern for you. <laughs> you slid your medical results to some fucking idiot, but you forgot to tell <laughs> what is happening. It's so good. and that's we cut on that scene
2: that's where that's the out. That's the little button on on this uh Brockton police community day and we' we're, we're we're done there. Um, now we cut to the scene where, um, okay, we have, uh, what is the song that's playing in the scene? We have, we have Tracy driving like a, looks like a Chrysler LeBaron convertible or something like that. Like a circuit yeah, 2008. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2005 Chrysler LeBaron convertible or something like that. Um, and, um, it's Tracy in the driver's seat and we got, uh, who is in the passenger seat here, uh, coach?
1: We've got Dell. In the passenger seat, and I know uh, boss has a music piece
0: on lock. What is it, boss? Uh, it is "Everything Wavy" by Low Pass, L- Low Pass Lushed, featuring. And this is where I feel like I, the kids should have told me it's a <laughs> it's numbers and letters, and I don't know if I'm supposed to pronounce them or read them out each one. I believe that it is supposed to spell first class. That would be my. So it is guess. the number one. Stclss. Remember how much
2: I said? Like I love white people talking about featured acts in in hip hop music. It's the funniest. You feel like a middle school principal every time you say it. Every fucking
0: time. It's the lamest
2: thing you can say.
0: It's so bad, and it does not. It it uh, it isn't even a matter of needing me to be talking about rap or hip hop or anything else. Uh, Um, on the National's newest album called "Laugh Track," quote unquote, the sad one. Uh, they have songs. They have one with Phoebe Bridgers and one with uh, Roseanne Cash. And on the album, it says featuring, and I can't do it. I can't say the National featuring Phoebe Bridgers because even that—that's the whitest sentence that's ever yeah. existed. And yeah. I still that's feel right. uncomfortable saying it. I'm like, they did a song, and Roseanne Cash is there. <laughs> Roseanne Cash is there.
2: Yeah. No, no, it's it's like I mean, it's the most, yeah, what, uh, yeah, the National featuring uh rihanna no. And, no. and um no. right, right, asap right, right. uh, no. uh uh-uh. as soon as possible rocky as soon as um, yeah, possible
0: no. rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus oh, Christ. it's That's so great. painful um
2: all right so they're, they are driving down the road uh Tr- tracy's driving and they're singing along with this song or at least tracy is right we get a single of her she's got a cigarette going and uh you want to talk about that
1: ash coach you want to shake my well, that yeah, ash that's funny but yeah th- there's <laughs> something about this cigarette burning and that she hasn't ashed that just it, it adds to the like general for me at least it adds to the general like just chaos and like ragged edges of all this like i'm like what what why wouldn't you just, Ash, what is happening here? Oh. I feel like Boss has something on this for me. Yeah, she has something on no. here. No. no,
0: it's the exact opposite. It's um, I understand why it would appear that that would be chaos. What it actually is is that she knows exactly when the ash is going to fall out by itself, which is when she is going to put her hand just slightly outside of the car enough that it will blow away. This is not chaos. This is a study of cigarettes and cigarette smoking. That she knows exactly wow. how long she can hold that ash on there.
2: Mm-hmm. Do, you, ever, do you guys ever that know that people, happened. when people smoked a lot more growing up, I knew people that would like, they'd be out and they'd be like, I, I can't, uh, there'd be a place where they couldn't ash. So they would let the ash get real long and then ash it into their hand. You ever see, yeah. have you ever seen that okay that's okay yeah Co- coach is looking like that's crazy
1: I've never seen but, it but I mean it makes it makes sense
2: that's the the length of yeah. her ash is where it reminded me of, of that, that. Like when you yeah, let yeah. it get that long. I was thinking like with that convertible if she tried to ash it would be like all uh, like through the back seat you know what I mean like just because of whatever right but, right, um, right, right but anyway they're driving and you notice that she's singing and then there's a shot of Dell and what
1: is Dell doing here coach the same she is singing now how they're singing is very interesting because she's 41 and gives not a fuck so she is all just having her great time Dell is being a uh, a cool and uh appropriately reserved teenager who's not gonna admit that she enjoys the same song as the 41 year old version of her so she's she's mumbling yeah along. she's got her head
2: turned away yep. and she's just mouthing it because she knows it but she's not gonna And 41 is perfect because, boss, uh, what happens to women after 40? uh, uh, People stop
0: paying attention. You get to do whatever the fuck you want. There
2: you go. So they're driving. And what do they see on the side of the road here, boss?
0: They say, see two assholes, one of whom is wearing Wayne's jacket. That she just told him what the fuck even is that. Uh, So immediately she is on it. Immediately she knows something bad has happened.
1: So they pull over quickly. She jumps out. We hold on before There's you one... do this though. The, the, yeah. the we we point out the writing and we do stuff. You do stuff like this all the time. You point an arrow at something. You know you're gonna need it later. You know you need you know you need it for the story. But it was so well done when she made fun of his jacket. I didn't feel like it was that like proverbial gun in in um act one that must be shot in act three. I thought yeah, yeah. that's some mean shit she would say. Because she's pissed, and it is kind of a weird jacket. And okay, right? Like I thought that was that. And right. to, so when it got used here, just as a matter of craft, I found yeah. myself going, "Oh, nice, yeah." I didn't, right. I didn't realize you were planting back. Yeah, didn't, I didn't see yeah, that coming. Right. Like a lot of times, it's funny because I have a cousin, um, CJ. I'm gonna shout out CJ. Uh, But my cousin CJ, we're, we're they're super tight, and he laughs at me because he's like, do you ever get to enjoy anything? Because he, because I do to most things in life, what we do on this podcast, which is I'm like, oh man, that's a great, <laughs> we're watching some show and I'm like, oh, the structure of that joke is just, that's really, yeah. yeah and yeah. he's <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, he's like, are you serious right Can now? Can you unplug? Please? Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, right. no, I actually can't. Like if I'm watching some standup, I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. No, is was... look at that. Like, I love how we like, flicked his hand there or the, oh the act out on that like but well, he only does act outs on these kinds of jokes like my brain is constantly doing all that um so yeah so as i was watching this i just found myself the the writer part of me applauding and going nicely done did not see that as an element i was gonna care about yeah. but i'm fully aware of it and i know exactly yep. what the fuck it means
2: yep hit it in plain sight yep it's exactly a, it's
1: a exactly yep. and i love when he can do that to me i love that
2: now, looking from the side, this is not a LeBaron. It's a significantly shittier car than a LeBaron. I'm trying to think. what It looks like a – what is that? Um, God, once upon a time, I would have known. Is it a Mercury Cougar or like a – No. It's like one of those oh, shitty a, Dodge Dart knockoffs. Do you cars?
0: know? I can tell you with absolute certainty it is not a Nissan Versa. Because I do, I do know, I do know what that car looks like. That is the one car
2: a Nissan Versa. No, it's
0: not. I I also have a general idea of what a Ford Focus looks like because that was my previous car. Gotcha. I do know those. I got those two.
1: Here's a here's a tidbit. I, when I was in eighth grade, um, as I as I remember this specifically, wanted a burgundy. Is what I was going to grow up and be a baller. I wanted a burgundy. Chrysler LeBaron convertible because I was walking one day or no, actually it was from my window at my dad's, my dad's apartment. I saw a guy in one and they were chilling in the car and two of his friends were sitting like on that part where the roof would come up, but like the top was down so they could sit there and they were the absolute vision of cool to me. And I was like, I will have that car. Um, Did work out that way. It's- I know, I know. We, we're gonna we're
2: gonna throw stones, but like, it is a fun. It's a fun car, and and uh, I had a Chrysler Baron, like we had a family car. It wasn't convertible. Nice. It was like a shitty old black one. Um, but um, it's like they weren't bad cars. You know, once upon a time. And if you look at them now with today's highs, they 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 kind of aged well. I think yeah. they're not. You know, they're not horrendous. Like you can still go. Oh, that's actually. Right, well, right it Looks right, like right. fun still. You know, even if they're more dated. This is like a real shitter, and I can't. It's not, is it a K car? Is it like a Reliant K? But I don't know if they did convertibles for the K cars. But anyway, it's a shitter. Um, And so they pull over. uh, Out goes Dell. She jumps out. Hey, where'd you get that jacket? And and the dude in, in, you know, that Wayne gave the jacket to, he's like, uh, uh, uh. And and what does his friend say, Coach? Are you Wayne's
1: girl? And And she says what? Yes. She says, yeah.
2: Coach, I think you just oh, muted Oh, I double
1: it. clicked. Sorry. Let me That's just, okay. I'll hold do on. Let's go back. Yep, yep, yep. He says, are you Wayne's girl? And what does she say, Coach? This is amazing. She says, yeah. Which my eyes opened on that. I was like, oh, are you now? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Um, Which is, you know, appropriately Dell. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was like, great. And then, oh, I'm Heart so sorry. I didn't. He loved you so much because we've seen what's going on. I'm like, oh, my God, they're telling they think they are telling her what they think, which is that they watched him they saw be it. killed. They saw him shot in the head. Yeah, they saw it. So they're, you know, so it's yeah, it's 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 all very it's fascinating. But even he this is oddly so funny. Much. He loved you so yeah, much. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But even that. Right. So she's been told about the coffee. And then they, they come and whatever happened with these guys that they're all apologizing for, the one thing they do know for sure is he loved you so much. It didn't take long. We didn't have to know him for long to learn that. So she's really finding out this guy must really somehow really care about her, even though human emotion isn't a real thing where she grew up. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool.
2: Right. And we're thinking, OK. Uh oh well, this is what um one night they spent together, right? So this is day 2. She's already identifying as quote-unquote Wayne's girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's like she's like at least she can answer in the affirmative to that without like hesitating. Um and then we get he loved you so much, which I I just I'm like, "What?" And she looks back at Tracy like, "What the fuck?" And and it's this one a single shot of 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 Dell and then we cut, which I like because the audience knows what's up. You don't have to waste time. You just bring us back. To like, oh, yeah, what's going on with Wayne right now? And then we cut back. And we are now this side shot of Kira leaning forward, presumably looking at Wayne. And she's gesturing gesturing at him with a
0: switchblade. The line about, uh yeah, I'm Wayne's girl. I don't want to pretend that it isn't important, but I would also like to... Sometimes it's just a matter of convenience. It's like, is she in that moment going to be saying, "Well, I'm not necessarily his girl, but he and I are traveling (laughs) together, and I do like him a little bit, but I'm not sure where it's going because we just met." Like
2: totally, but but she didn't know Wayne two days ago. Like in this way, he was not part. There was no Dell and Wayne. doing anything.
0: No, but it's more like now she
2: recognizes his jacket that she hates now. You know what I mean? Like there's a, anyway, I, I yeah. It's, I hear it's not you though. Nothing.
1: I hear you. It's not For her, her it's going. Yeah. It's
2: not her like, yeah. yes. We're, just we're like, yeah.
0: yeah. Am I the person you're referring to? Yes, I am. It's um reminded me actually of a Halloween party. I went to Jesus 20 years ago, back when I was in college, one of my roommates and I decided we were both going to dress up as old school gangsters. Like not the, not the, like sexy gangster costume, but like, We were going to put on some bad fedora hats and pinstripes and walk around all night and be funny. And she looked amazing. I thought I looked good. And then when I got there, one of our friends had already had too much to drink and was like, not passed out, but close to asleep in the basement. And somehow I was the one that was like called up to take care of this. And somebody came upstairs and looked at me and said, okay, so you're Dick Tracy? And I was like, well, no, no, that wasn't exactly, I wasn't trying, I wasn't going for Dick Tracy. But then I was like, yes, fine. I'm Dick Tracy. Let's fucking, where's my past out friend? Let's go find her <laughs> and take care of the shit. <laughs> I f- it felt more like that. It's easier, it's easier to go yeah. with
1: Dick Tracy than to have this conversation. This conversation. Yeah,
0: yes. yes if we need to get this done, fine. I'm fucking Dick Tracy. Let's That's go. Great. Yes.
1: Another t-shirt. Like hilarious. We are gonna, I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't even think anyone else should make t-shirts. We got it. <laughs> We got we have it. so many. We got it. Now Tara says, don't try nothing funny. wait one, th- one quick thing before don't try nothing funny just because I'm trying yeah. to figure out just how long we can make this episode. No, but um one of the things that I, I think is done masterfully in this show, also as long as we're talking about the writing craft of it, people think about when you get into a scene, and that's a that's a whole skill. like when is like when is the absolute latest moment we can get in here? But getting oh, yeah. out of a scene well is also a skill. And th- consistently, right? Whether it's, you know, oh, I forgot to tell you I had cancer, or it's, you know, that moment, you know, with Dell looking back at Tracy in the car, it leaves us with some questions, not questions of like, well, what will be said, but like, well, then what happens? And we're out and we're, we're kind of grabbed by whatever we're watching next. I thought it was pretty. I, I, anyway, I, I think consistently that's been done through this show. That is the skill that has been shown. And it could be the editor. Like for all I know, the scene went off another two pages and the editor said, we don't need any of that shit. But however they got there, it's really well done here. Okay. So yeah, we don't
2: cut directly to Wayne. We cut to Kira threatening and then we cut to Lee fucking Murray with a gun on. On, you know Wayne, who's off camera, um, he does not look he, the way he holds that shotgun. He just looks very uncomfortable and freaked out with it. Um, and and now that we've we've reached a moment where they've, in their infinite wisdom, uh, <laughs> the brain trust of Lee and Kira has decided, you know, what? we're going to give Wayne a chance. So she cuts his his uh, his hands, which are bound behind him. Like, she does not cut his hands. She cuts the rope holding his hands. And don't don't try nothing funny, um, which okay. Uh, you got a gun on me and a knife, and uh, but they're going to give him a chance to uh, to free himself. What what do they say here, boss?
0: Say that they're going to play a game. Uh, so if he wins, we let him go. If I win, we don't. <laughs> I- inherent in this idea is. I don't understand the practicality of it. Like I understand why she decided that they needed to do something, but it's kind of like, well, we kidnapped you and we can't let you go because if we let you go you're going to go to the cops. But if I force you to play this game with me and you abide by the rules that I'm making you abide by, then we'll have a deal where you won't go to the cops. Like that doesn't that that's not how things work in real life. No, it's
1: not, but it feels like there's also an element of there's a tied vote. There's a, there's yeah. a vote for living and yeah. there's a vote for dying. And yeah. so we're in an impasse. And so this game is essentially the vice president casting the 51st vote. Uh, I'm sorry, yes. that was super domestic reference. Uh, basically, they're the just breaking a tie. Don't even worry about it. Our Congress is a mess yeah. and probably won't be lasting another five years. Don't even bother to learn it, folks.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed.
2: Yeah. Uh
1: Yes, that, that is
2: true. But it's also so Kira can justify killing him. Yes, She's going to put it in the hands of the gods, but also right. nobody right. could ever yes. possibly beat her at, at this, this game. particular game.
0: Right. Yeah, this is the, um, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, the Spartans who would put their babies out on the cold mountainside and be like, well, I didn't kill them. They just, you know, when I left them outside in winter and they happened to die, but I That's did not so kill them. Funny. This is not on me. Yeah,
1: I don't think but I knew I just about want to make sure, that, or maybe the, the, I've no, forgotten if I had ever known about shit that. Talking about
2: Spartans, I'm curious about
0: that. Well, you know I where, specifically you know where did. my mother's
2: from, right? Like, <laughs>
1: okay,
0: you've you've mentioned Greece, Sparta, and Greece are not necessarily the Wait, same. I Here's the Sparta thing about. Sparta let me tell you about some Sparta stuff woman. about Greece. Let me, um, <laughs> just gonna... oh, God.
1: oh, be be okay, folks. Okay, <laughs> I am Greece is what I took from all everything Greece. you've ever said about Greece. your mom. I am Greece. That I will be putting in the script someday.
2: It was a militaristic society, so yes, they did. Uh, I, it, it, there's versions of, uh, depending on when you're reading the, these histories, but uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's left in the elements, and sometimes it's just chucking them off the, off a cliff.
0: I, I didn't kill him. I just threw him off a cliff, and when he landed, he was no longer alive. What do you want me to do about that?
2: Yeah, it's their own like version of the perfect race. It's not, not ideal. Uh, we try to go with the uh, the baklava section of our of our uh, shared history. It's a better one. But it's divine.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it thank is. Thank you,
2: thank you, coach. That was amazing. Um, I love it. No, would you like some baklava? Oh, help yourself. Okay, um, right. So remember, remember, Rupert just is entitled to baklava. Yep. So if he wins, we let him go. If we if I win, we don't. Now, what Nate? We get a shot of Nate. Uh, Nate, holy fuck! We get a shot of Wayne. Nate wishes when his wildest. Three- oh my God! Are you Come kidding? No <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we get a shot of Wayne, and he's very calm. He's looking at the knife, and what does he say, boss? What are we playing, guys? Yeah, he's almost is almost exhausted. He's like, I'm ju- I'm in a rush to go get Dell, and now these f- like inbred, you know, like like degenerate possibly psycho you know you know like wannabe killer bullshit is in my way he's just like ugh. like i don't think he seems fearful
1: but he's, no he's on alert he's like on like okay how yeah he have to i yeah. think he's more from from what i read in this scene he is more in danger, endangered by their stupidity than their violence Like, part of his, like, calm seems to be like, let me not make this dude nervous and the gun goes off. Like, I don't think he actually believes they have it in them to do the shit they're talking, but they're just dumb enough to fuck this up and I end up dead. That's that's the vibe I get. So when he says, what are we playing, guys? I get the sense that he's like, I don't, I am figuring out how I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So tell me about this thing so I can figure out if, there's a hammer I can put in my pocket. Like, you know what I mean? Like that he does not in, in the rest of his life. Like he's going to use whatever's around to fight. And I think he's just sort of figuring out, is there anything about this game I can leverage to get the fuck out of here?
2: Yeah. I like, that's really, really smart. Um, so, so curious says, simple, you do what I do, but better and faster. You go home. You
1: ready? My curry's getting cold.
2: I love that line. Oh, it's so good
1: i guess like that's how much i give a fuck about whether you live or die let's get this over with so i can go eat my curry curry yeah like what yeah Yeah.
2: she put on some some um um, fucking music lee fucking murray uh turns on the competition by steven argila thank you boss for looking that up and boom she goes one two three go and then what is the game? I, I know what I call it. What do you call this game? Either one of you from in your neck of the woods, what is it? It's called Different Things in Different Places.
0: I I don't think we have a name for it.
1: Okay, I just call Boss, it that Knife I, Shit I mean, from Aliens. I mean, like, I don't, I have, yeah. no, like, yeah. I have no, yeah, I have no
0: other I, I know it,
1: to it. I know it as mumbley peg.
0: Ooh. Oh, see, I was about to make yeah. a joke that I was gonna, that if I had to name it, I would call it uh, Stabby Knifey. And then Mumbly. you came up with whatever that mumblebee peg, like Mumble,
2: mumblebee peg. Yeah, mumblebee peg. Yeah. I only know that because, like, kids at my, I went to, I told you, I went to a very uh, uh, fancy um, boarding school. I didn't board, I was a day student, but the boarding students were bored out of their fucking minds. I remember one day coming in, they'd all been playing it, and they all had cuts on their hands. And I was like, they're like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta try this. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. Like just, we'll do it after, after school. And then, um, I'm kidding because you're all stupid. And I yeah. hate cutting my hand. Like in any, like I hate paper cuts. Right. Why would I willfully ever, st- you know, I can see where they fucked up and cut the sides of their fingers and stuff. And I'm like, for, for what again? Like, I'm like, I, I was like, I don't. know. it does not compute. But anyway, um, I don't have enough. Fear I,
1: I, I'm sure I've shared fear. this with you, you all before. I I have been in some ways in my life a total risk taker. Like you know, I drove across the country in a car with three good wheels because oh yeah, I'm gonna take over Hollywood. Watch me now. But but this brand, like that brand <laughs> of like, hey, let's jump off some shit and see what happens. Like I always, I'm like when people bungee jumping, I'm like, the fuck for. The fuck for but I get that it does something for other people, but my reaction is always, why the fuck would I do that? Like and to me this game is just that. Like I've you know like why would I cut my hand to do but then what happens? Like what even happens if I'm the greatest who ever lived at this? Nothing. Like there's no it's literally all downside, guys. What are we doing?
2: Yeah, I'm a terrible person to have in a friend group. Because I'd be like, let's jump off this bridge, trellis, into the river or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be like an urban myth? Like, one- <laughs> yeah, I guarantee that water is two inches deep. But right. let's not check it. Right. Right. Like, go ahead. But I'm not fucking jumping off a trellis yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Are you out of your fucking mind? But whatever. Yeah. I- yeah
1: that's Listen, never a actually brand.
2: very, very, very good at this. I don't know how she got good. I don't know why she'd want to be good, but it was very fast. Uh, it looked to me like they sped up the, the film or they technically slowed down the film a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: But it looked like that, but still impressive. Um, oh, By the
1: way, just quickly, a little uh, film note, because Coach just referenced it. Um, it's counterintuitive, but especially when people used to shoot film, you speed up the film when you're filming to get slow motion yes. because you're, you're getting more action per, I mean, you know, shorter more amount frames. of action per frame and you do the, just the opposite uh, to, to speed things up. So you would actually slow down the film so that when you play it, it's faster. And I used to have to just sort of sit for a second with that before I made any decisions. Yeah. Cause it's weird to me. Yep. Yep.
2: Totally. You used to also have to check the gate, see if there was anything. Check there. the <laughs> gate. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Check the that's gate. That's funny. Make sure nothing got in on the film itself. Yeah, you have a check hair the gate. Or some Are we shit. clear? Or else we gotta, otherwise, we got to otherwise we got to do another take because yeah. the gate is not. Anyway, it's a whole different world now, uh, digitally. So, um, uh, uh, okay, your turn. She hands him the the knife. He lifts it up and is about to do something that's
1: way up. Like, wait, what? What? That's not the game, dude. I have to tell you. The minute that knife was handed over, I was like, this motherfucker going to stab himself in the hand. I don't know oh, how. Oh, really, oh yeah? in, I don't Are know so- where that came right. from. But instantly, I was like, he knows he doesn't know how to do that. And I don't know what's going to happen next. But he's going to put, I figured he was just going to do it to say, I am fucking crazy. Basically, bring it on. Like I thought that's what he was going to, like, you think I'm afraid to cut my finger? Look at how crazy I am. But I immediately thought he is going to st-. that moment when he lifts the knife, I was like, he's going to stab himself in the goddamn hand.
2: Well, he yeah. definitely, he definitely looked at his hand while he's looked, but also he gave her such a withering look while she was so proudly doing right. Her like, like, thing. I he shit, was like, right? like, what are you doing? Like you do, this is something right. You know what I mean? It's like the opposite of, I have a hammer. It's like, yes. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I did not pick up that he was going to stab himself, but I do see it a little bit of a, him shooting the hostage. Yeah. 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 He is is eliminating himself from the equation. Like you think you're going to kill me. I'm going to stab myself in the hand and then you're going to have to deal with that. So like, I am, you are no longer in charge of me being injured. I am in charge of me being
1: injured. that part.
0: Because what did we establish in the very
2: first scene of the pilot episode? About pain and Wayne.
1: He he can take a fucking beating. He can stand up <laughs> I mean, he 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 can he will choose a beating if that's what he decides to do. So yeah, like, oh, I might nick my finger is not a thing in Wayne's world at all. Wayne's world, but at all. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I
0: think in the immortal words of Roadhouse, what you're getting at is pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt.
2: Nice. Ain't don't hurt. That is a great movie. Um, God, that hair was good. No, no, it's great. And you watch it. It is so. No, no, it's it's horrendous. Yeah,
0: but it's like, go boys, get him, like, get him, boss. I don't
1: care one way or the other on, on this no, one. No, no, no. I don't no. care one way or the other. It's.
0: Other. A, somebody one time tried to show me the room. And they're like, oh, it's so bad. Just watch it. I'm like, why would I do that with my time? Like, there are a few. There are very mm-hmm. few and far between some terrible movies that I delight at. But most of the time, I'm like, no, they did oh, no, a bad job. No, 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 no.
2: This, this is su- – no. I, to- I, I don't think this is that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The best thing ever written, ever written – about Roadhouse was tw- like the 20 year anniversary. We had one of our writers. Yes. His name was Dustin Waters. He yes, gr- that was brilliant. amazing. And it's like the best thing ever written about Roadhouse. Just go to the antagonist, search for Roadhouse. It is like, it, it is so well done. It's unbelievable. Um, okay. So he, uh, he lifts up the knife and, and he's looking at his own hand. And then what happens here, coach? The door bursts open, and who waltzes in?
1: Dell, total kick-ass hero shot, backlit a little bit of wind, so he gets some dust off the kicking in of the door, and Dell walks in holding a chainsaw, and one of the things uh, one one of my children has schooled me on is um, how teenage girls specifically. Are just dismissed in popular culture. Like anything they like is dumb. They're very rarely like the hero of anything. And to have Dell walk in, like, okay, I'll just ask the question How many times have either of you seen that brand of hero shot of a teenage
0: girl? Oh. None that I'm thinking about. Right. I mean, it's like, even if I no. have access yeah. to no, not. point. Wrong. Yeah. You
1: know? And so, yeah, I again sat up and was like, oh, here we go. Because she sees some shit. And base one of the things about we talk about class. One thing about class I think plays out in this is like, if you're with me, then you're with me. Daphne laughs. You know, was laughing at me when we were watching that uh, chimp empire I told you all about because a few different times chimps went off on their own and I said, "Man, you got to stick with the clique." We left together. We came here together. We motherfucking leave together. Like that, you know what are you doing? Yeah. And to me, I was like, "Here's what Dell is about." Dell might think he's a fucking idiot. Dell might think he's wearing a stupid jacket, but that's my motherfucking friend. And what's not gonna happen? is y'all are not going to fuck up my friend. Like, that's just not going to happen. Shit, I might beat his ass five minutes after we leave here, but what's not going to happen is you are not just going to fuck my friend. And uh, so I was like, oh, she, she she's she's for real. It, it is so well
2: done. She kicks the, the wooden door in, comes in, fully backlit, hero shot. Then we, you know, she's got a chainsaw. We then pivot to the weirdest shot you'll ever see, but it totally works. The camera somehow magically behind her in the doorway and zooms into the shark on the back of Wayne's jacket that she made fun of that now she is wearing. And there's like, no, it's like, it's just for like trying to defend this, like in a film school format. People be like, what are you doing? That's like, you cannot do that. But it works so well for some reason. He's like, okay, like,
1: go ahead, Coach. But they are one at that moment. Like everything I was just saying about the vibe and the class and the whatever they said with this shot, like and and look, look at the shot. The shot is a shark backlit, about to
2: fuck some shit up with a well, yeah. mouthful of teeth, right? Yeah. And then you look at and you look at and that's that's, that's- her what Dell is right now. Yeah. No, he's got it's, a it's- mouthful of teeth. The teeth are on the are on the uh, are on the chainsaw, yeah. but.
1: And it's also such a twist on, a, a, you know, teenage love thing, right? Like, I I remember giving, you know, some jacket to this girl or blah, blah, blah to that girl or this one's wearing that one's, you know, I remember a girl wearing my varsity jacket it was like, that's a big fucking deal. But in this context, with these two, this is their very specific expression uh, of that dynamic. Yeah. And it's turned
2: on its, on its ear because... It's not somebody white knighting. It's not a guy coming to save the girl. Who's, it's just her kicking all the ass. And it's like, what the hell is, is this shit? Kira is stu- stunned. And there's this nice little beat. Like he, she ignores Kira. Del ignores Kira. And, and she looks at Wayne. And what does she say, boss? Hey. <laughs> Awesome. And he says, hey back. He's still got the knife mm. in the air. But he's got a real Delicious. like smile on his face. Like,
1: right? Delicious.
2: And it's just hey, hey, and they smile at each other. And now you got Lee fucking Murray saying, What, boss? Oh great. Now we're gonna have to kill her too. Oh, oh no, head sorry. Head. I'm sorry, that was uh Kira. that was uh that was Kira that said that. And then Lee fucking Murray says this this is such a oh such a misogynistic uh
1: uh yes you know terrible line yes and
2: he says we're gonna have to uh uh, we're gonna have to kill her too she your friend and then what does lee murray say here uh coach
1: little girl come to big boy play huh so he as much as lee fucking murray is who he is to me in this moment saying that line he is society too like Everything I was just saying about teenage girls not being taken seriously or why we treat, you know, boy bands like there's such a fucking joke as if every other group isn't in its own way a goddamn joke. Like all that came out in this line to me because she's standing there with something of a weapon. Like, I understand you're the one with a gun, but the idea that you don't even know how to s- start that. Come on. You don't even know okay, how to start it. that thing. Like, that—that That, that wow. is right, right. so Right. Right. The fucking nerve of you! And yeah, and then we get a great moment behind that. And then um, what is that? Now watch what
2: Walk us through. We we do an in in uh, in um, breaking all uh, the rules. Yeah, yeah. In Break. scene flashback, time cut. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you don't even know how to start that thing. And and Kara laughs, and we get a shot of Dell where you go. It looks like this she might be a doubt doubt on her face, and then and walk us through this, Coach.
1: I can see my goddamn breath in here. Can we put on a fire? She says, walk again to their lovely abode. And then. Um, yeah. With her you... dad.
2: And it says two months ago, there's a pop-up that says two months ago. Yes.
1: Right. Yes. And she's runs in and walks in like in a sweatshirt to talk to her dad. Right. And, and he says, why don't you learn how to cut wood and stop fucking nagging me? And he does some, he, he does a dust off the shoulder thing. But he's holding his his uh, pointer and thumb together. I don't know what that symbolizes, but given who he is, I am sure that that represents a hole on someone's body. Now, I'm not sure all that goes into this, but I promise you, <laughs> that is not my mistake. He's, it has a meaning. I don't know, you know if it's like, stop fucking with me, you, you know... Ugly term for woman, or why don't you stop nagging me, you can kiss my ass. I don't know what it means, but I promise you it means something that that's how he held his hand as he said it. Which, by the way, is also a fascinating way to respond to your child saying that it is so cold in the house that they can see their breath. Like, this is Mr. Protective, who's got to find his daughter. And his response was, why don't you learn how to cut wood and stop fucking nagging me? Why don't you teach her how to cut wood you're her fucking father. What, is ha- what do you mean learn? Like, where's she supposed to learn at The fucking woodcutting class in school? Like, he's just horrible. And so, but the beauty of it is then we go, we follow her. We see that she decides, oh, yeah, well, I'll do just fucking that, which I love that she doesn't go cry in a corner about it. And we see her absolutely learn how to do it. And then we cut back to her in this space. And she, boom, drops it holds on to the cord that you use to start it yeah,
0: and the lets cord, the
1: entire yeah. the the and allows the, the chainsaw to drop and come back up to her like a fucking yo-yo. It is as badass <laughs> as anything I've seen with a chainsaw in my life. And then she says, Moda starts, she's ready to rock, and then she says, Now I'm gonna cut your dick off. And I thought, oh my God, I am just wow. Can I adopt this kid? Can I just... <laughs> are you kidding me with this fucking girl? She's great. She is phenomenal. Now I'm I mean, going so to cut your dick wait, off. Ha-
0: who, yeah. who do you think yeah. you're
1: talking to? I don't know how to start this thing. Not only do I know how to start it, I know how to use it. And now I'm going to cut your dick off. I love it. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, so there are two things about this scene specifically. Number one, it reminded me a lot of Uh, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. I promised you I was going to talk about it again. I heard this story. It could be apocryphal. I'm not entirely sure. But James Cameron, the director, and Linda Hamilton were in a romantic relationship when they were filming Terminator 2. They later Ah, got married. I'm not sure exactly. But they were together. So they were together. uh, And Linda Hamilton rightly pointed out In one of the later scenes, when she's supposed to be reloading a, uh, what's that called? A a pump shotgun. So like you slide it down Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. the shot goes in. She points out to James Cameron, her partner and the director, I just got stabbed through the shoulder. There's absolutely no way that I could do this. And he's like, it's not that kind of movie. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you shoot it. Nobody's paying attention to it that way. She's like, I'm paying attention to it this way. I got stabbed through the shoulder. My character gets stabbed through the shoulder. I am not holding up a gun and able to pump it this way. Like it's never going to work. He says, honestly, this is not this big of a deal. She's like, let me, give me one shot. Let me take one shot. If it doesn't work, we don't have to do it, but give me one shot. And what she does is grabs the pump, the slide and Shoves that good gun down like it's hard as I she remember can, it that throws.
2: moment. Oh my god! Oh is my that? fucking god! Yeah. That's, like, that's it's an iconic. It's an iconic moment. Badass
0: yeah. thing that has ever happened. She throws the gun down. It reloads, and then she swings it back up to her bad hand, so she can hold the hand up a little bit and shoots and does it five times over and over and over again. I cannot prove that Linda Hamilton is actually the one responsible for that, but I choose to believe it because it's one of the greatest yeah. things no, that that's I've awesome. ever seen in my entire life.
2: That's awesome, and yeah. so. This and and it, the people, people like copy that is a pump action shotgun. Yes, the whole reason you do that is so you can expel the cartridge uh, and, and load another, another shell into the, into the uh, chamber. And you got, you have to do it. If it's a pump action, you literally, it's how you advance it's the, how next, you do it. Yes. the next one. So it's, it's sort of uh it's, but it, like people have now, you know, spoofed it many, many times in many ways, but yeah, it's an iconic moment. And then oh go ahead, it's keep going like boss. Good.
0: So It was so fucking good. Also, God damn, Linda Hamilton in that entire fucking movie. Good Lord. Uh, She, I had, uh, uh, as I've mentioned before, had probably already seen Terminator before Terminator 2 came out. I was too little for it. Doesn't matter. So, like, the change Mm -hmm. in Linda Hamilton. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, but more to the point of this show, in addition to that being extremely badass, uh, Castleton, one of the things that you've said before is... How would she know this? Where would she learn it? Who would teach her? And at the time I thought like, yeah, I get what he's saying, but something felt not exactly right about that. I need there to be no confusion that children who suffer abuse are extremely savvy in their abuse. And by that, I mean, they do know that something isn't right. Like even if it's not that they live in this world where they are unaware of other people, they know about TV shows and sometimes they have friends and they will not invite their friends over to their house because their house dynamic is sad and scary. But when they go to your house, they know how that works. They know what family dynamics are supposed to look like. And so having her do this, her dad says, I don't care if it's freezing in here. I'm not going to take care of you. You go take care of yourself. You go learn how to do it. And then she does. And so I just I want to make very clear that children who have dealt with abuse, even when they get older, are often extremely skilled in learning how to do these things. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I
0: didn't want to cough and like. Um, and so I'm sure that there's a, a shit ton of things that Dell has picked up because she's had to and that she has skills that we wouldn't imagine that she would because of the abuse. doesn't make it good. It just means that there are ways that she has used that to her advantage.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and I'll say that, that may be part of, uh, you know, I was just sort of speaking about uh, myself, which obviously we never do here, but um, I have a a very strong, like protector thing I get going. Um, And when I, yeah, right. And when I, and when I see this, when I get that vibe from people, it makes me want to look out for them. Like, one of the things I've said yeah. in my life is like, I've, I have a lot of friends and I don't expect people to look out for you know, like to take care of me. Like, I've had to learn how to, whatever. But there are a few friends like that story I told on the, uh, on our, on our last, our last less, lasso episode about my friend who, you know, the guy pushed me on the basketball court and he went, and it means so much to me because people rarely think to protect me. You know what I mean. And yes. I think if you're yeah. Dell, it's it's you just rarely have anybody look out for you or or care how you like not even care how you're doing, but invest in how you're doing. And so, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think that that that, that comes like what, here what too. Who's
2: the person that's looked out for her most? Maybe like a nice teacher that tried to connect with her that she pushed away? Like, right. what are, what are we talking about? Right. She doesn't have well, any an aunt on. that they never see. I, mean, I don't know. Like, who, who's... Go ahead. Go ahead, boss.
0: Wait, well, I'm actually going to push back on that idea of the, the teacher that she wasn't invested in. It, one of the things... It, children with abusive parents are extremely good at getting adults who might be able to help them to help them but in ways that doesn't actually let them know how bad things are mm. like, um, oh, like I,
2: well, you, you talk as if you know it's really frustrating for me to hear you talk like an authority when all your stepdad did was steal yeah, yeah, your no, clarinet no, 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 no. to buy no, no, no. a heroin <laughs>
0: No, no. Like. Oh, oh! 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 No! 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 None oh, of this God. is uh, a personal experience. Right, this is right, just my right. professional. As an accountant, <laughs> I need to become really familiar awesome. with the aspects of childhood uh, abuse. Uh. No, it, but well, what? I, um, there is a scene in Shameless where Lip Gallagher finally, having gotten into college and theoretically escaping the poverty and abuse of his uh, own neighborhood. Uh, yes, somehow his financial aid saying. gets yep. fixed fucked up, and the financial aid officer is like, "We kind of can't let you come back to school." He's counting out dollars: dollars one, some two. It's counting out the dollars to pay I his tuition. I died. I
2: died. I died with yeah. every flip of the. Do- i watching. I remember watching that, being like. <gasps> Like my heart was stopping as he was counting singles or whatever. I'm like, Oh my it's it's yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yes.
0: Uh, and, And so the, the financial aid officer is like, well, you have these options. You could take a semester off. You could come back, blah, blah, blah. And the speech he gives is fucking amazing. If you have watched the bear and if you love Carmi and his speech, please go find this. I will post this again. It's so fucking amazing. Jeremy Ellen White is great at this specific thing. And the speech is amazing. I don't want to downplay that. But there's a minute, like a split second, just a little like flash across his face where he realizes the financial aid officer is going to try to give him some bullshit that you tell rich kids when they have a lot of options. And this is not what he is here for. He cannot do that. And so he needs to come clean to the financial aid officer and let him know how fucking bad things are at home. Like he he's gonna need to let him peek behind this so that the financial aid officer understands what's going on. And it sucks to have to do that. Like you need to walk this very thin line between you let them know that there is something amiss, but you don't tell them so much that they are scared away by the creepiness of your household. And so I think mm-hmm. that I, I think that the reason that Dal reacted to Tracy the way she did when they first met was not because Dell instinctively will push everybody away. I think that she read that Tracy was not coming at her with the right intentions. She picked up on that. In this case, it wasn't danger, but sometimes it can be. When she picked up on that little bit that was off, she pushed that away. I don't know if Dell would do that with everyone. I think that if she could find somebody who would be willing to help her, if there was an aunt or a neighbor mm-hmm. or a teacher, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. she would use that. I think that that just hasn't been her experience yet.
2: Yeah, no, you might, you might be right. Um, and talk about protecting. Right in this moment, I'm going to cut your dick off, but she still is eight full paces away from a guy with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's some math to do there. Yep. Um, it doesn't matter how, how brave you are. Uh, that's, a, that's a ranged fight, a ranged weapon versus a melee weapon. And so Wayne is mindful of that. And he goes, wait, I didn't get my turn. <laughs> Right, he's going to go so and pro- provide a distraction using his superpower. Kira's like, "What?" And what does he do, Coach? He's true stab- to your pr- prediction. He,
1: yeah, yeah. He stabs himself in the hand, and 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 when it happened, I thought, didn't see it happening like th- like I did actually um, see it happening like that. Um, and and so it was it it was like there was a gratifying piece, but I liked I liked that it was. It's not white knight, but it was heroic. Like he, he's like, oh shit! Like I've been in enough tangles to know that I, you know, I appreciate you coming in here, but you are in real danger of dying right now, and it's super heroic of him to do this as a distraction.
2: Yeah, no, it it is really, and and also this is the. I'm not gonna say this is the beginning of teamwork for them, but it is. Like you start to become aware. There was one time we recorded an episode where I was talking about how bad it was when women, when, when men talk over women and they don't let women talk. And I said, boss, what do you think of that? With the full expectation that as soon as she started talking, right, right. I would immediately talk over her and she knew it and she started. To talk. And it was like the one of the first times where I was like, well, not one of the first times, but it was like, OK, this is teamwork. In You know, she no, kn- she can see the signals coming. And she knows, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she knows exactly where the goal. Yeah. And you go with this. I just said, uh, uh, Lee fucking Murray's got a got a ranged weapon and, and Dell's got a melee weapon. Guess what happens to a chainsaw when you huck it? It becomes a ranged weapon. So as soon as everyone's distracted through the air, uh, the gun is, gun is turned towards Wayne and Dell hucks the, uh, the chainsaw at him end over end, lands and cuts through his foot. He, the shotgun. He backs up. Shotgun goes off. Blows apart the lava lamp, spraying Kira with um, uh, the, the 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 goo
1: that's in there. The hot hot goo. Um,
0: it's called a lava lamp. Just call it the lava. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, lava, I you lava, know I had stuff. that
1: thought, but I was like, maybe I'm not up on the you know.
0: The, the lava lamp. It's lava. pretty
1: much. It's like It's like seriously. It's like uh
2: the lava part. I think is like it's funny when you find out what's in a lava lamp, which I looked up once upon a time. It's not anywhere near as exciting. It's like oil, like yeah. oil, and uh you know the lava part is like you know sucrose. It's like something yeah. so boring. But anyway, it's it's hot and it's on her face. She doesn't necessarily know that it's not uh the glass from the thing that shattered, and she's you know Lee screaming, "You fucking cocksucker!" And while He's injured. Uh, of course, Wayne jumps into the fray. He's still tied to the chair, so he backs Lee into a corner. Head butts him backwards to knock him out, and pulls the wrapping off so that to get the chair away from himself. Uh, by that time, Kira's recovered. She picks up the shotgun and she aims it at Wayne and Dell. And- Wait, before we
1: say and, the "the and" part. Del comes over next to Wayne, and Wayne eases her behind him, and I think that's significant. I think what each of them chose to do. She came to stand next to him, all right, we're together in this, and he said, if you're going to get to her, it's going to be through me. And I did and it wasn't white knight and it wasn't, you know, chivalrous. It was she's with me. I care about her. And if you if you gonna if you're gonna shoot her, it's gonna be because you shot me first. And I thought that was really um Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really uh 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 an important moment in all of this. I mean she does I mean she tells her to go over there with the gun, but she does Stand next to him. Dell doesn't run behind Wayne,
2: right? Yes, that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, Wayne knows he, he knows he can take a shot. He's taken one already today. Um, so the likelihood of him surviving, to his mind, I mean, Dell is like what eighty pounds, ringing wet. You know, like she's right, right. she's a little peanut. Um, and so. But Wayne, it looks very serious in this moment because we're talking about the stupidity on display and how he was navigating that. Just like you mm-hmm. said, Coach, he's not worried about the violence, worry about the stupidity. And he says, don't, because he can see that she is amped up. You know, Lee is gone. She's got a weapon. She doesn't, doesn't know how to control herself. She was the one advocating murder
1: in the first place. Right.
2: Yeah. He says, don't. And she says, I have to, though, don't I? Like, because she doesn't know. But she is dumber in the bag of hammers. Mm-hmm. And so, right? I mm-hmm. have to though, don't I? Imagine this mentality it is so terrifying to me. And, and Wayne says what?
1: No, you don't.
2: No, you don't. Like this is as like soft spoken as you hear. Like it's really interesting.
1: Totally. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad you stopped us on that because it feels like. You're right. Tonally, it's different, and I think in part it's different because he sees he's known the whole time. Like she's just seen some Tarantino movies or some shit. She's not what she's pretending to be with this fucking goofy knife game and all this bullshit, right? Like he's thinking, like, how do I get out of this den of idiots? And right. I think when he's he says play,
2: she's play acting, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and I think his, when he looked he's at used her, to pain.
1: yeah, he he's like, you're scared. And I know that you think you have to make this next move. I am, I am understanding how you feel. He's actually showing empathy, actually. And he's like, I know you're scared. Don't do this crazy thing because you're scared. You're, it's okay. It, this part is okay.
0: It, yes to everything you just said. And I loved all that. But what I also loved about it is now the confirmation that every violent thing Wayne himself has done before, he knew he needed to absolutely do. He like took a look at the entire uh plane of uh yes. field of play. Yes. When uh what's his face was beating up his buddy in the hallway and he was like, Well, right. I need to grab that trumpet. Yeah, I need to smash him yeah. in his face. Like yes. I do need to do this. And and the intention there, the intentionality specifically, like the fact that Wayne has gamed out all of these different circumstances and decided this is how I need to act makes me like him so much more than I did before and I didn't think that was possible. You know,
1: I love that you just said that. And wow the calculations that he does in almost every situation we've seen him in, it really is it's beyond like impressive. You're you're now I'm like going back through and looking at him through that lens. And he does the math on shit. Really fast, and he makes super interesting uh, choices. I mentioned my cousin CJ earlier, and he said um, it was a whole conversation we were having about you know apologies and regrets and whatever. And he said, "Look, I know what I did, and I know why I did it because I was there." And his point is, this may not have been like the admirable thing or the not admirable thing, but the math in that moment added up to this choice. And I can walk you through my math, no matter how either of us feels about the choice I made now. And I and and I think this is that, where it's like, Wayne's really sharp on that front. Because how do you even, to see a, a trumpet is not, he didn't see a gun. But like he saw a trumpet and he was like, yeah. I can use the trumpet just like later, I'm going to use the bike lock, right? Like he just, whatever's around, yes. him, he's that
0: scrappy. I need that aluminum bat. Yes. And and I think that that's really important. Part of the reason why it feels so authentic is that there are a lot of times where if you heard a story about a kid in one of your children's high schools who had smashed somebody else in the face with a trumpet, you would have thought, oh, well, he's out of his mind. He has no idea what he's doing. Like, that's a a crazy person that has no idea. And so the show telling us showing us repeatedly that that is not the case. He is not out of control, he's not unaware. He has a skill set that most people don't have because his father taught it to him. His father gave him as much of a code as he could and his code says you do this shit. So even though it's violent in a way that we aren't expecting, it has reason and uh, a method to it. And I love that they show us somebody in a uh, a less privileged position having that and using what he learned in that position in other ways like we are seeing the fact that being abused being neglected not having as great of a life isn't good but it doesn't mean that you are devoid of skills it means that you have different skills
2: yeah, I, yeah i'm taking a second to, to to think about all of that i think and i think yeah no this is this is this is what gets us right here, boss. You get to this moment and he says, you know, you don't Takira, And And she aims like we see her raise the sights to her eye. And and there's, they're not getting out of this. Like, there's just no way to get out of it. And then in the same way coach talks about like, oh, the burying the lead in plain sight or, or sort of burying the answer in plain sight. What actually gets them out of this? What is the the moment that happens
0: here to save wayne and del Northside bitch <laughs> no. that would be that would be tracy running into the shed Phenomenal. and slamming kira in the back so that she falls over the table like kicking her kicking her yeah
2: which like i'm, I'm like this is hysterical because i don't think that would knock her out but it does and you go okay i'll, I'll take it like what like but, uh, north side i mean
1: we, we got flying chainsaws
2: i'm like what does it say that in the moment the moment where tracy has to rise to the occasion she that's yes. a high school
1: yell right yes. isn't
2: that her yelling or like a a neighborhood yell or something like oh, and i assumed yeah. it was
1: a neighborhood yeah i assumed it was neighborhood so so yes and i totally noticed that and in terms of class i thought per- that was absolute perfection um my uh, nephew's years ago, so he's you know skinny little kid, and we take him to the beach, and the, you know some big waves, you know here, and and he's enjoying the LA beach, and this humongous wave is coming in. I mean, it's just gonna, fly, right? And he stands and he faces it and he flexes and he goes <laughs> flat push, and that's the best. Yeah, I yeah. was like. Oh my yeah. God. I've written yeah. about it. I can actually, I will find I've re- I've that. I've read that. I know I've I heard will, that before. I, I, yeah. 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 And he, and it was amazing. And I'm telling you there have been times in my life where whatever it was, I have yelled my first time on a zip line. I yelled flatbrush. Like what just, is that? Like,
2: That's so it's like you you your identity. Go, you're like, yelling. What is it?
1: What I it am like, no matter what you're about to put in front of me, I can rise above it because I survived that place. Right, right, right. We've talked about this before. Actually,
2: we've actually, for season one, we talked about this. Yeah, on, on Ted Lasso season one, we talked about people that, like, make it, like, the concept of making it out.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think whatever North Side means, I assumed it was a neighborhood, maybe it's a high school, whatever, I promise you, it is the kind of place people make it out of because it's a declaration of, like, listen- if I could make it out of Northside Detroit, whatever it is that gets said next, Flatbush, Roxbury, whatever it is, if I could make it out of that, whatever it is you're about to do or say, buddy, let me tell you, it's nothing to me. And um yeah, so anyway, when she when when she held Northside for the kick was awesome.
2: Do you and do you think she spent even one nanosecond planning to no, yell Northside? No, no, no. no. Oh. Right, it just comes out. Right, yeah, it's yeah. like in that moment. It is. Yeah, it's like your subconscious, mm-hmm. and, and it's like a battle cry.
1: That's exactly what it is. I mean, think about the. Yeah, think about my nephew. Literally, he's like, "Holy crap, that is a humongous wall of ocean water. I'm gonna have to take on." And and what did he say in that moment? Flatbush. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Is it an identifier? Is it a? Is it a?
2: Uh, like a rallying cry—is it like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel the power of Flatbush, or is it, it, this is how Flatbush handles adversity, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like, it's what, a combination all, what... of
1: those. Although that's an yeah. interesting distinction, but yeah, I think it's a combination of those.
2: Ah, it's so interesting. I, yeah. love, I love that. Yeah, right. And you're right about look, it, Boss made it out of the rough and tumble streets of Aurora, Illinois, and
0: well, man, I she mean, never.
2: Now she goes to fests all the time, wine fest. I... Uh, jerk oh, kinds fest, of whatever the, I forget what the ones I'm are. I'm
0: sure that they do have a jerk fest. We have a large Jamaican community. We have a large <laughs> of everything community. Um, And also, I, like, so yes, yeah, so you make it out of places. I think Um, also, it, just to be extremely clear, I grew up, I spent the later half of my time in Aurora in a neighborhood called Garfield Park. And it is... It's, it's not bougie, but it's like a lot of old houses. It's fancy. Nobody would roll past my mom's house right now and be like, whoa, look at the rough and tumble streets we got right, around right, here. Right, like, right, right. Um, but I do, I, I connect, I identify with that, um, especially growing up next door to Naperville. There's a lot of people that are like, whoa, roll." I'm sorry, you're going through Presbury, Aurora? No, 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 no. lock your doors. And I'm like, you bitches don't oh, shit. Wow. You know nothing. You, nothing you absolutely nothing
2: i especially love when tracy owns her age which she adds that was well, just 40 and then adds one to it this is janet porter who's the actor that plays tracy and she just that one little addition it was like there's so much pain and resignation and but like courage
1: to like say
2: i'm not gonna lie like i you know it's i'm not 40 oh.
1: 41 well you know? also i it's it's i'm not gonna lie but also there is a point when you're a kid, I mean, you're down to the like and a half and three. It'd be like, you know, you know, I'm seven, but I'm going to be eight next month. Like I got to you know, and right. And there really is a point where there have been times that I've had to pause and, and figure out how old I was. Like, I know I'm 51, Right, like So like this, so I, th- I, I took it also as that, as like she has officially hit the numbers where like she, hit, she turned forty and she was like, well, I mean, there's no, there's no three quarters anymore. We're done with three quarters.
2: Yeah, and we've discussed this on 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 past episodes for sure. We we're talking about you know women of a certain age and how and the the label society puts on you and like the pressures at different in different decades of of a woman's life. And we talked about it in America, but, you know, this is also in the UK and elsewhere. Um, But, yeah, uh, I'm I'm the, I'm most qualified to speak of it uh, on this (laughs) podcast. Uh, Boss is, like, typing. Boss doesn't, like, she's typing. Uh, I was looking
0: up a couple of different things. And no, 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 no. I, I give a little bit of a shit. Come on, it's you two. How could I not? (laughs) obviously i'm gonna care a
2: little bit a very little yes thank you boss
0: i always try um and and no 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 no. this idea of it's it's so funny we the three of us literally had a conversation earlier before taping and one of the things i mentioned is society so often like we have mentioned before uh, in when harry met sally when meg ryan cries about how she's going to be 40 someday and then I don't know for me as a woman when I hit my 40s I was like shit is fucking awesome this is great I can pay for things like it, if that might have been a big nice. help but like you think that there is something terrible about people not paying attention to you and then you get to an age where you don't give a shit anymore and nobody else is giving a shit what you do which should hurt but it doesn't because you're like fucking great I'm going to, I am going to go sleep in that tent in the backyard of an acquaintance of mine so that I could attend wine fest. And that's what I'm doing this weekend. And not this weekend, obviously. Uh, it, but like you just, everybody stops ca- paying attention and you get to stop caring what people think. And it's fucking walking around and not being self-conscious is one of the best things in the world. So yes, don't be afraid of turning 40. It's fucking amazing
2: i i remember when i was i'm not a big larry david uh fan mm-hmm. not yeah, that I yeah. I yeah i don't really I, not because i dislike him or anything that that type yes. of humor rubbed me the wrong it like frustrates me more than i like you know certain sometimes of humor are great and whatever like you know they, they they like cringe humor or things that give me physical pain while i watch it i go oh my god it just does something to me but usually not the way they want like i'm not you know like i'm not it's a type of humor that doesn't doesn't really work for me as well. So, uh, while I can recognize his skill and talent and whatever, um, I don't I don't spend a lot of time uh, watching the guy. But there was one tiny clip of the Larry David show. I think one time I watched, and he was on the beach. I think, and he was wearing a stupid ass hat, and he looked stupid. He had duck. He looked stupid. He has all mm. kinds of stupid shit on. And his buddy's like, "What are you wearing?" He's like, "I'm married. I can wear whatever I want." And I was like, yes. yeah, oh." I was like, oh, because the purpose of clothing, by and large, is to is to condition someone else's response. It's not for you mm. often, right? Mm-hmm. It's so that you can mm-hmm. put on a, a – like, I remember when um, we got this little ding in the side of our minivan. <laughs> we have a minivan, and it got you know, sort of scratched up in this one thing. It was like, okay, we can pay our $1,000 deductible, and then, you know, whatever. Get, and Juliana's like, who are we fixing that for? Like who gives a shit? We're we're not gonna sell this van. We're gonna mm-hmm. run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. It'll never have another owner. Mm-hmm. Who who are we? We're gonna pay a thousand bucks so the parents at the kids' school where we drop off will will nod in unis uh, politely at us, you know. And like <laughs> she's like, who who?
1: If they're gonna judge us, fuck them.
2: Wow. Not in those words,
1: that's but, sort of... No, 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 but that's not really
2: natural. The messaging is there, yeah. yeah.
1: you shared that with me, interestingly, and I'm, that's not my feeling. Like, if my car is dirty for too long, like, I, I start feeling like, okay, like, let's not get off the rails here. Like, this is enough. Right, but that's but, for you, though, No, no, right? no, no, no. That, Yeah, it is. Like, yes,
2: Dude, it you is. Live in, you live in Los Angeles, And though, it isn't. So it's kind of yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of a thing. It's a really hard place to have a banged up vehicle yeah
1: you know but i did i have held off on some repairs because i had other ways i wanted to spend that money and that story you told me juliana's wisdom and i did go you know what i'll just wait i can wait some months take care of this thing that is actually more important to me and then i will double back and deal with this fucking car so thank you I mean, like, I like scars. And so I'm like, why would I dislike, I I don't know, like, you hear,
2: sometimes it's charming. You go like, Oh, I remember hearing like Brad Pitt or something. I'm maybe making the wrong connection. It was like, Oh, he drives like a banged up, like 1998 Grand Cherokee or something. It's got all, it's all dinged up. And I'm like, I kind of dig that. Like, I kind (laughs) of like, there's something about him. Like, there's, there's like, or like Keanu Reeves, maybe it was somebody where I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they've like, leveled up to the point where they just don't have to care anymore and i think that boss addresses this better than anybody which is like it's just we spend so much of our it, this is a hard world to live in it may have been easy it may have been easier in the past for a lot of people but like right now it i know as a parent it feels it's hard it just getting through the day is hard and and the, and yeah. the world seems like it keeps yeah. getting harder and how what percentage of that hardship is like us worrying about what other people think i'm like oh my god even as adults yeah you just go
1: yeah i don't know man i mean i've done a a ton of work on that coach knows i I can stand in the middle i've shared that before on here with social anxiety and stuff i could certainly 10 to 15 years ago be standing in a party holding court people would think like oh he is living a life and on the inside is like speeding thoughts all these voices will you shut the fuck up no, don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, this is the this so-and-so is liking this. Okay, then I guess I should tell another story. Well, no, don't tell another story. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, oh my God. Like It took so much work for me to like tamp all that down and just sort of like be at the party and all that. So yes, hard. I think it, yeah, it's hard in ways. Life is hard in ways I didn't expect personally and that I couldn't have fathomed worldwide. But like- personally I thought I just I don't know when I thought it would be I mean I think if you asked me when I was a kid and pinned me down it would be like somewhere between 35 and 40 like you've you've got it figured out and then you just sort of like live the rest of your life you raise your kids but you know what's what and there's some of that there's some truth to that you know I heard a car turning the other day and I heard click, click 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 and I was like that's a boot you better go get that boot fixed
2: <laughs> that's just right. That's just you're that's veteran. You know what, what I mean? You've like learned. that's just yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: I've been through some ah. shit. But you know, you know, it's not nearly as figured out as I imagined. <laughs> not, not even close. Not even close. I, I'm with you, Coach.
2: I'm still figuring it out, and that's part of the reason we have this podcast is to be honest about that. Yep. And I, I always it, social media has done such a disservice to people in that it's given people the 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 sort of License to pretend even more that they haven't figured out. Look at us. Look at everything. It's just a, it's just a stylized version of their existence, you know, curated for everybody else's eyes. And, and, and sometimes, you know, obviously there are certain exceptions, but in general, I'm skeptical of people that have, that think they have it all figured out because I go,
1: hmm. Well,
2: right. (laughs) Like, like,
1: right. I mean, is there uh, anything more intelligent than, There are a lot of questions to be asked here. Like whenever I hear somebody say that, I go, oh, they might, they actually might be an expert. But also just sharing a story of uh, some wonderful uh, ex-participants who were explaining to her, an accountant, how money works. And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you just sort of, every expert I know, expert in quotes, every internet expert I know is an idiot, is an absolute idiot. Like not just like on this topic, they are not sharp people. But get them started on immunology, and they will share their research.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I, uh, yes. Lest we cavitate and and get, like fall down a well of that. Let let us uh, let's continue to to uh, back to Wayne where now. Tracy has come in, north side, bitch, knocked out Kira. Kira and, um, and our boy, uh, Lee fucking, um, Murray. Lee? Murray. Yeah. Lee fucking Murray are knocked out on the floor. Um, and Wayne, we get this, this uh, elevated shot of Wayne and Dell approaching, um, Tracy. Wayne kicks the shotgun away. And what does Tracy say? Like in this aftermath moment, like where the adrenaline's still pumping, you're not quite sure what to do. And it's like, oh, we're kind of a, are we a team now? You know, like this kind of, <laughs> this kind of moment. You can I respect it. Tracy didn't have to put her ass on the line. There's a gun in there.
1: Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And she, and she, some somehow, she has a code because she's from North Side, bitch. Mm-hmm. She's with I me. You ain't got shooting her seconds. while I'm standing here. That's right. That's so. The that's same thing I mean, that listen, brought her around is... that counter is the same thing that got that woman kicked in the back. Yeah right? Yes, coach. I am clapping. That is
2: exactly right. Yes. You there are lines and once you cross them, that's it. That is right. Good job, coach. Jesus Christ, that's great. Yes. So so I, I it's just kind of stunning that the absolute um the 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 the, the lack of respect between when, when, and, and, and boss will say, Oh, yeah, it's, Tracy started it. But, um, but, but the thank you, Tracy, like the, the horror show that said that to her in the morning is the, she saved her ass at in the afternoon. And I just go, wow, that life is funny. And, um, yeah, it's just sort of an amazing moment. So Tracy says, what here, boss?
0: So what do you guys want to do now? want to get high or something
1: <laughs> i, I Which laugh is not about as, it. as a
0: forty as a forty one year old woman don't get high with teenagers thats don't do that
1: yeah, that didn't seem like uh yeah, that's not by the book like a
0: smart thing that's i there is a part up. that I absolutely understand from her character like she is sort of arrested in her development in high school. she talks about how she has yes. new boyfriends and new jobs, and you know I understand where she's coming from with that, but also it's like, oh, don't do what she does. Because there has never been a teenager alive cool enough that I'd be like, yes, I would like to get high with you right now <laughs> as a middle-aged woman. <laughs> like I'm I'm sorry, teenagers. This is not <laughs> against you. It's just developmentally inappropriate.
1: That's really funny. I mm. love bosses. Now I'm sitting here like, That's, hmm. I love it. Yeah. I know some cool teenagers.
2: Um, uh, not that cool. Boss says just shaking your head. No, nope. hard line. Um, now I will posit the next scene. We get what uh, we we don't get a response to whether or not they're going to get high. We just go back to the woods, and Wayne has a gas can. He's filling up the bike. I will, I will. Here's a, here's a, a a suggestion. I suggest that the bike is an allegory for their relationship, and so as they travel on the bike which is like a, it's a smaller bike. It's like, you know, kind of banged up, but like a, it can go, but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It's like, sort of like, you know, you have the sense like it, it's, it can do the job, but it's, it's a little challenged. And as Wayne is doing this, Dell walks up behind, she kind of glances at him because she knows like, okay, if I get back on this bike, meaning the relationship is going to continue, we are going to be in this together. I have to have a conversation with him. She knows she has to do it. Mm. She knows, okay? Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is what I talk about when I talk about shared agreements. This is the beginning of shared agreements for them. She says as he's as he's putting the gas in in the in the uh thing, um what does she say here, boss? What is the the like Wayne isn't he, you know notoriously laconic in his in his speech pattern. He doesn't doesn't talk a lot. Um but what does uh what does Dell say here to him?
0: This is how it's gonna go. We're gonna be friends first. I'm not like breaking up or anything. We're just gonna take things slower. And then we'll see. Okay. I Okay.
1: Okay, okay, right? Like, go ahead, coach, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I loved I mean, maybe I was supposed to assume something that I didn't, but I don't get the sense that they've done anything physically beyond that kiss on the cheek or that we saw or whatever. And I love that she's, when she talks about taking things slower, that it makes perfect sense. But in almost every context where I've heard that that way, it's meant physical or at least in part physically. Yeah. yeah. And I just really, I enjoy that like this is a real, Emotional relationship. Like it's not even like they're like, oh, we're waiting. Like it's just like they are moving and and having their relationship and that hasn't come up yet. But when she says let's take it slower, it seemed to me like, yeah, I get exactly what she means. We met we met two days ago, and I'm not sure that I'm ready to just say I'm your girlfriend. But we have just saved each other's lives. You're the best thing that's happened to me in a while. So all right, I'll 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 be a little vulnerable, see where this goes.
0: One of the things that I really liked about the way that she said that was, I'm, it's not like I'm breaking up with you. This is going to sound sort of random, and I uh, shouldn't really be saying it out loud until I fully formed the thought, but uh, I just started watching Doctor Who. I only jumped in on the uh, David Tennant seasons because, to be perfectly honest, he wears glasses and he's coming back in November as the Doctor again. And he's extremely attractive, and I would like to know what's going on so I could be caught up on that.
2: And he's always good. He's a goddamn beaut. It's almost like I I cannot think of a thing, even shows I didn't like with David Tennant on it. I'm like, God damn, he's always good. He's just,
0: he's amazing. I love everything about him. He um, is a big trans supporter. He seems like a good fucking guy. I just, I really like him a lot. He also seems like a little bit of an asshole in a way that I would like. Like, I'm a big, big fan. I really like him. Anyway, so. the first companion that uh, David Tennant has is Rose Tyler and she has a relationship with this guy, Mickey. And it's, I don't know if it's British or if it's something else, but like he is her boyfriend and then they kind of break up, but then they still see each other. Like they still have a relationship, even when they're not officially boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever it is, when she is like literally traveling the universe with another man, she sort of has this relationship with Mickey. That's, hard to qualify exactly like it's not just friends but they're not dating like it's a it's an an in between and i was trying to figure out if there's a good word for that because like del gave him a kiss on the cheek and then they ran away together but they didn't make out we haven't seen them be physically romantic with each other but they are in this relationship. so like there should be a word for that like it's I feel like our language is really limited in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to relationships, especially between men and women. Like we invented this phrase, friends with benefits, because the idea Mm. that you might be physically attracted to a friend, but not necessarily want to be in a full-blown relationship with them, it seems foreign to us. Like these are the kind of things that... They're not exactly friends, but they're not exactly dating. So, what the fuck are they? And the internet, when I type that in, doesn't give me any good information. It just makes me be rude to Coach Bishop, which is my least favorite thing.
2: Yeah, well, it's pretty high on my list, so I enjoy it. Um,
0: (laughs) That's your favorite thing?
2: uh, Yeah, I love when anyone's rude to Coach Bishop. Uh, He deserves it. He's a rotten guy. True. Um, I think we've like how many how many thousands of hours of this podcast has he established? Like he's just he's just kind of a jerk. (laughs) <laughs> there's no, no two ways about it.
0: No, um, I get that. Have you That's seen why I um, can show
2: up. Have you seen Staged by the way? Uh the show Staged with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. It was mm-hmm. like they made it during the pandemic pandemic.
0: No, there's actually a lot of stuff that I put down cuz there was also um what was it? Sharon Horgan and James McAvoy did a pandemic movie too that I still need to see. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll need to look into that. Uh there's a lot of stuff that during pandemic, I was trying to track down, and I either couldn't get it through whatever streaming service or whatever. But staged, I will check into. I will put that on my list.
2: Yeah, you, you, you'll. Yeah. My god.
0: I love them together. Oh my god!
2: I they're I, sorry. So, I'm gonna, it's so amazing. Oh, I can't I'm, like. I I cannot. I could gush, for like just how they capture what it is to be an actor. The, mm-hmm. the like the self, uh, um, sort of importance and how they poke fun at each other when they're doing the same thing. I mean, it is like, yes, it's stunning. The, the level and the level of talent to convey that, like there was a movie with um Tom Hardy and a lot of people don't like Tom Hardy, but it was a movie where he was on the phone driving in his car. Can't remember the name of it right now. I got to think about it. The whole movie was him driving in his car. That's it. That was the whole movie. And it was fucking great. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know how good you have to be. To keep me in, like, is literally just him talking to people on the phone in his car, and like ramping up the tension. I'm like, wow, like, dear God, that's a hard role. to ha-. You know what I mean? Like, how how do you do that? And so this is two. These guys are doing this, these, uh, you know, literally Zoom calls in a time where everybody hated Zoom calls, and and it still was like absolutely phenomenal. So I I, I highly uh, recommend that. Um, in this speech with with Wayne. Dell says, "Okay, we're gonna take it slow now, boys. We don't want to talk about this, but boys are not trained to be sent. They don't. They don't know how to take this type. This is a rejection. It could be very, very easily perceived Mm. as a rejection. Mm -hmm. And something in her is attuned to that, so that she ends up. We talk about. um, We've talked about it in the show, and I talk about it all the time. Which is, you never want to blame and shame." If you can help it, you can you help it like you know, most of the time, 99% of the time, you can help it. So blaming and shaming doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so if he had that sense, it, this may have been a tough moment. But she says all that. She says, uh, you know, uh, this is how it's going to be. We're going to be friends first. I'm not like breaking up or we're going to take things slower and then we'll see. And then with, without looking up, she's got her eyes down. She says, I'm weird, I'm fucked up. So, like, this is like, this is me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, like, and then, and then it, it invites him to come into the boat again. And so, and what does he say, coach, in
1: response to that? I stabbed a knife through my own hand.
2: Which <laughs> is like, uh, like, this moment that could have like been divergent ends up bringing them closer, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he holds up his hand, bloodied. Uh, he's looking at her. She gives, She like laughs, like laughs about uh, you know the craziness of that, right? And yeah. then, uh, boss, what does she say in response to that?
0: I don't want to be a forty-one-year-old single crackhead waitress with regrets.
2: Right. To which case? No, I, we wait, don't wait, we, Hold on. I, and then, and then, what does Wayne
0: say? Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> Now I will say she was uh, making some assumptions with the crackhead. We have no way of knowing for sure if Tracy is a crackhead or not. That this was her joke, but again, and she only said "get high." She didn't say, "Does anybody want to go yeah. smoke some crack?" Yeah, that,
1: that, that's a pretty big. Talk, it's right not, it it's not. It's not. It's um, not. I would say,
2: like in the in the lingo, it's just like a. It's like a. It's like a st- fill-in for druggy or something like that. You don't have to be a crackhead to be like a crackhead. You can be like. You know, someone could be just getting high every day, like, like smoking weed and be like, look at this fucking crackhead. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a, I think that's how she was using it. But, but yeah, um, she doesn't want to be a a 41 year old waitress with regrets and neither does, neither does he. And they have this moment, they look at each other, they smile, and, and it's okay. Uh, Right, the moment the moment is good; it's not bad. Mm -hmm. How how much farther do we have to go? I am guessing. I I should look this up because I am curious about the actual road trip. I wonder if anybody did the work to chart this. I am sure the production team did. I am guessing this is Rhode Island or uh, uh, Connecticut. I doubt they would have gotten as far as like New York or New Jersey on the on that first night. Uh, You know, maybe like they go four hours. I guess. I mean, guess they could have driven through the night and made it as far as like Jersey. But um, going down the Eastern Seaboard, uh, I, I'm curious. I wonder where, where this, you know, what's Tracy's hometown, basically? Um, I got a postcard. I will say that the, town- the, the, yes, the bus post- at
1: the bus station in the background of the scene we started on today, they're saying yeah. Albany, Syracuse, there's a such and such bus that stops in Albany, Syracuse, what have you. So I don't think they would have made it. They certainly didn't make it to Jersey. I I, I don't think you put that in the background. As part of production, if you wanted to communicate that they made it to Jersey, you know what I'm saying,
2: right? So it's like upstate, just just north of of New York City right. area, like over the border of Connecticut. That's what I'm thinking into into New ish right? Uh, you know what they call upstate, but is really down by the city, um, Bergen County, uh,
1: exactly like
2: those. Like, well, sort of like yeah, somewhere around yeah. Well, I don't know around there. That's Jersey, but um, okay, so. Um, I got a post- postcard with the town. We're going to, we'll buy a map. Um, and, uh, so, okay, he's got a plan. No worries. Right. Um, and so he's looking through his bag and Dell notices he's looking through his bag and he, gla- <laughs> he glances over at her like a little, uh, like uh shit. And she says, tell me you didn't fucking lose it. Uh, I mean, this is, it's so funny. She looks away. She's like, shit. And again, they don't, they're not going to waste a lot of time with it. Now, now we, now we know we don't have to, we know what that thing looked like. We saw it. It was featured in the pilot. Like his dad handed it to him. It's a prop. Like it is a key piece of evidence. Right. And now we cut right back to the now, um, you know, moderately recovered, uh, Oh God this guy he he is un- unbelievable. Okay, so we cut back to the police station. Bobby the Chetty is now uh, being he's got he's sort of had his arms behind him in handcuffs and Jay is looks like he's taken off the cuffs. Uh, he's standing up. he's no longer on the ground from the taser and we're in the actual uh, station house and he and this this is like amazing to me like the the balls of this guy, the nerve of this fucking guy. Coach, what does he say here to to uh, Sergeant Keller?
1: What? You're not pressing charges, tough guy? Huh? Like, wait. They're not pressing charges. That's a good thing, right? Like, I, what is happening right now? It, like,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, like, oh, do you want me to? Are you, like, cannot help but talk this way. Right. Like, it, even in got, this moment. He's got some. The guy's helping him he's out. He's got right right it's it's this it's this tone and the tone is james tart senior yep that's great
0: yeah. you know what i yeah. mean it's, it's they have this a certain is, way yeah.
2: and it and it, it is just destructive in every direction like even toward himself what you want me to fucking idiot right. like what right. i don't it, it defies reason and and boss how, how does sergeant geller respond what does he say
0: you're going through a lot right now, Mr. Lucchetti. I understand you would be emotional. Your daughter out there with that boy whose dad died of cancer. I secretly got myself a second ch I uh, recently recent. got myself a yep. second chance. So I'm feeling generous.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. What are you gonna do about my fucking daughter, huh?
0: Oh my god, this fucking and guy. This yeah, is what where, the fuck are you gonna do about our sister?
2: This is a this is a through line. They do this the whole the whole season dad says something one of the absolute nimrods like mm-hmm. copies him and then the third nimrod also says it but usually fucks it up so what do you do about it? yeah what are you gonna do about my sister like his voice is so it, it is so <laughs> these guys are unbelievable and uh, and i love this so much what the fuck are you do about my daughter yeah what the fuck are you gonna do about my sister and then coach What's the response
1: uh, from Sergeant Geller? I'm going to find her is what the heck I'm going to do, which made me laugh. That made me laugh because there's a lot of, there's a (laughs) lot of F bombs flying. So (laughs) his choice to go with heck uh, was pretty (laughs) pretty
0: funny. And part of what I liked about this is that Bobby's reaction to everything always is nobody's giving me the amount of respect I deserve. Nobody understands how good I am at this. I'm pissed off at everybody. Yeah. Whereas Officer Gellers is always this poor boy whose dad just died of cancer. I understand you're going through a lot like there is a lot of empathy that uh, Geller is showing. There's a little bit where it's like he was afraid that he had cancer. So now he is going to identify with people with cancer more like it's a little bit selfish. Yeah. But most of it is he understands that other people are going through things. So he is going to try to help them out. He's not going to come down on this poor kid whose dad just died, but he's also not going to arrest Bobby because he's trying to be nice to everybody.
1: Well, and also, Bobby can't even process it. Yeah. Like he, he says, oh, this kid done. might be going through a lot. Are you fucking with me? Like, why would that question be fucking with you? Like, even if whatever else you think about the world, why would someone... Showing concern about a third person be an attempt to fuck with you. But like he just can't even process this, even when it's to him. Even when the kindness is in his direction, he cannot wrap his head around someone not putting their foot on whoever's neck the first chance they get.
2: Yeah. He's got he's got roughly 62 million friends who, uh, who tend to feel uh, similarly. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I, I all, all I, I it's it's the, the situation. The dynamic between these two is Bobby is uh, always escalating. Every chance he gets is an escalation. Every single thing he says, Bobby Luchetti escalates. And in this dynamic, at least um, every time Sergeant Keller gets a chance, he de-escalates. Sometimes it requires a taser. <laughs> right. But like. Uh, like at what, you know, it's, it's like, this is the dynamic. Um, and yeah, Bobby d- has no patience for an a perspective. is binary. There's his perspective and there, or the wrong perspective. Right, that's right. it. So he has no methodology to, to get past that. So
0: yeah, that's um, a great way of putting it. The, the, his way or it makes no, no sense whatsoever.
2: Yeah. Right. My way or the highway. Uh, yeah. uh, how about this? Uh, the, the thing when people say, oh, you don't like the rules of this country and Get the fuck out. Like, um, oh, God. Oh, but uh, it's, such a, it's such a, you just say, like, wait a second, what? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Bobby says, yeah, well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> thanks for nothing. It's what he says to the guy that just didn't press charges right. for threatening an officer. Oh, God. I love it so much. You got these absolute dildos next to him. <laughs> these guys are so funny. I love them so much. I'm going to call them out this entire time. I love stupid characters. John and Jamie Champagne playing Carl and Teddy Lucetti. It is so hard to play stupid this well. I mean, it, it is like inspired. And and they also are wearing caps that are just like unmarked black and white caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one is black. One is white. There's such drips, I
0: can't <laughs>
2: I, uh, I don't know. I love it. I can't I can't get enough of it. Uh, thanks for nothing. Um, and uh, now in comes who this is now the plot thickens a little bit because we're just about to have this resolution. Luchetti's about to uh, are about to leave the, the precinct, right? And um, and who walks in, boss? who's this uh, mystery surprise guest?
0: Oh, the landlord. I don't remember his name because, uh, unfortunately, the actress did such a tremendous job of making me hate the landlord that I tried to forget about him right away. Yeah. But the landlord with uh, his arm in a sling. Yeah. Injured. <laughs> right.
2: From where it. Wayne threw the beef jerky so his dog would break his yes. arm or jerk his arm out. Mr. Hernandez is the guy's name played by Patrick Gallagher. And and what does he say, boss?
0: Says that, uh, I got something that maybe is going to help you out on the case, basically. And he's got the envelope of the uh, cash. And I'm using, uh, as everyone can see on this uh, audio medium, uh, air qu- scare quotes, saying uh, it, it, the cash that he was supposed to be paying for rent. Uh, Officer Geller opens it up and says, a sketch of the boy's penis.
2: I mean... What? I cannot get enough. I know it's raunchy humor, but like it is so it's I, I almost, love it so much. It's, it's so
1: stupid. But it's not though. It's so goofy. Like yeah. it's such an obviously generic just this is a penis drawing. Yeah. That the idea yeah. that like you really thought they brought that he brought that to you as some sort of identifier. Yes.
0: <laughs> like he, yes.
2: What the That's, fuck? Um, like he gives it credibility he's like uh he responds. Like in an official capacity. I, I don't know if the I, sketch of the boy's penis is going to do much for this investigation. You know, you're like, w- what the fuck
0: is I, happening? You know, I couldn't figure it out before, but uh, Bishop is saying that now that this would be a way of identifying him. Um, did I tell you guys about going to the gay bar in college with one of my closest friends, the one who is sunshine and delightful and I love no. So where we went to school, you were allowed into the bars when you turned 19, but still couldn't legally drink until you were 21. So they had to have all sorts of systems where they would stamp your hand if you were getting a drink, but they wouldn't stamp your hand, but you were allowed in Blah blah. There was one gay bar on campus. And I went with my delightful friend one time. It was me, her and another one of our friends. And I am a little bit older than she is. So the, the other friend who happened to be a guy, um, he and I got stamped with, uh, it said, uh, top because we were both over 21 and my friend who was younger got stamped bottom because she was only 20
1: nice. and she
0: said, well, why did you guys get top? And I didn't. And I was like, because we're 21 and you're not. She said, Oh, 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 I thought he got stamped top because he's a man and you I got stamped bottom because I'm a woman and in the missionary position, that's how the men and women are. Wow. And I was like, there is so much to unpack in that. Number one, (laughs) number one, what you're telling me is that you thought that they would look at us and our IDs and stamp us by what we are projecting as our gender identity. That like he is stamping. Yes, she is a woman. I don't understand that. Number two, we are going into a gay bar. Why would they decide to use the missionary position between a man and a woman as the signifier of how they're going to stamp us? Like what happened when you saw that, that you, that is what your mind jumped to. Like none of it makes That's any sense. Doll I love you so much, but none of that makes any sense. That's really funny. So yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like it, one, it's not even a good picture. And two, he's not walking around with his dick out. Like you're not going to be like, Oh, that I I saw that on that most wanted poster a sketch of that boy's penis.
2: I, it is so goddamn funny. And I remember the guy opening it for the first time. I think it said, fuck you. Then the next one said eat shit. And then I think the penis was third, I think, but, but it's like, it's just this, yeah, it's this, uh, it, it, it's, it's a callback to that moment and, and Wayne's personality and how it kind of bites this, you know, this guy's like kind of a, you know, he's just kind of stiff, this, this landlord. And so, you know, he's like, no, 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 this, like, it's not, not the, the penis. And he shows, uh, the, the, uh, postcard. I don't, I don't think the kid meant for this to be in here, but I'm pretty damn sure that's the kid's mom. He says, uh, now, uh, Bobby Lichetti on his way out overhears this. He says, it's been a long time. Uh, she's lived in my building, but I'm almost positive that's her. And look where it's stamped from. And just right over Geller's shoulder, conveniently, Downton Abbey style. Uh like every every single plot point in Downton Abbey is one person overhearing something. It's like amazing. You just go, Are you serious with this? Uh, but this is basically the, this is it. So Bobby sees it and he and and uh, as if he needed the help, Geller says out loud, Ocala, Florida. Unbelievable. And he goes, huh, it's something.
0: Now, the only thing I'm going to point out is I understand that Dell was just very upset with Wayne for leaving this postcard with all of the information, because this was going to be sending them directly where they needed to go. All it says is Ocala, Florida. It's not an address.
2: So, uh, yeah. So he says, ah, it's something. And um, on the way out, that's it. Bobby's heard all he needs to hear. Hey, Dad, can we stop a pizza or something? I haven't eaten like all day. And and Teddy
1: says you. F- is the food I his love thing? His su- What's that? Is the food it might his be. thing? Yeah. It seems like he's yeah. always saying like he wants some food.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Carl, Carl, uh, we wanted the ice cream. Yeah. Teddy is the one responding, but Teddy says you fucking liar. We had chicken pams. That's do you know what that is? Like hearing that, you know what that is, right? It's a
1: sub. It's a chicken palm sub.
2: Yeah, chicken parmesan. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a red sauce
1: yeah.
2: and melted cheese on a chicken cutlet. Mm-hmm. It is universal and message. Like it is so, it's like, if you come up here and you go, you know, like they say different regions of the country. Right, right. Hey, what's your favorite? Oh, in New York. I mean, in, in New York, it might be pizza or whatever. Chicago might be pizza, right? And then Philly, it'll be a cheesesteak. You, up here, they all say, "Oh, chowder," but it's not chowder; it's fucking chicken parm. That's funny. <laughs> like everybody's I chicken, chicken parm, by the way. But yeah. no, 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 it's, it's delicious. There's a reason it is, but it's it is like universal here. Um, so I cracked up when they said that. You fucking liar! We had chicken pams, and that's it. They walk out. They walk out, and uh, and boss. On the way out, what does Bobby say? Because as dad of the year. Uh, he is concerned about their health and wellness. What does he say?
0: Shut your fucking mouths and get in the truck. We're going to Florida.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, and and then of course Carl's like, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so Geller says thanks. And now, as Hernandez leaves, Jay says he pulled the kid's file and um and, and tell us about the file here, coach. What does he say about the file?
1: The kid has got a really bad history so what do yep. you so what are you thinking, Sarge? what does Sarge say, coach? Second chances
2: Second chances, right? Which is like we just talked about this mm-hmm. on Ted Lasso. We just talked about hmm. like the, the the concept of second chances, and who gives them? And who is the authority yes. and the decision making to do it mm-hmm. and how people come together and choose and who's worthy of it. There's so much involved in this, but Deller is, I cannot wait to see how your opinion migrates on, on like, cause you're, I, I forget. I think coach, you said he was mid, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And then, and then we're seeing also that he's somehow weirdly empathetic, which might just be a projection of his own selfishness. We don't know at this point. But like, it's starting. It feels like like some version of a mantra now. Like my new thing is second chances. Hmm. We don't know if it's going to last. Just the end of the day, we don't know. We don't know what this right, guy right, is. Right, right, right. But we know that he says no problem. What's his problemo? Mm-hmm. We know he whispers bastard boy. <laughs> um, right. He's he's a little. And he's definitely not typecast. You have to at least say. Oh yeah, no. no whatever. No, great. Whatever he is, he's not like.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So so where we're heading into the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, boss.
0: Well, I I was only going to say on the part of second chances, what I was thinking about, uh, one of... uh, The concept of who is responsible for giving second chances. I think that one of my societal... My issues with society is that we are always entirely too focused on having that done on an individual level rather than a structural level. um, Yes. When was it? Whenever it was that I talked about um, the bishop and Les Mis forgiving Valjean, and that is because he is representative of the church. The church is supposed to forgive. The police theoretically should be rehabilitating and putting out productive citizens into the world. And what we have is a system that says, you individually need to eat this shit And forgive your mom or your ex or whoever the fuck it is. You're supposed to forgive this person when it should be all of the structures in place. Say, we are going to give you what you need in order to have a second chance. And then the individuals could say, I can't do that for, I can't get there. Or I've seen the work that you've done by going to this rehab facility that we have open to the public. And so now I can get there with you. Like, it's, I don't. I don't want anybody to think that I'm not in favor of second chances. I'm in favor of second chances where they are supported by the weight of society in order to make them more effective.
1: I love it you said that the way you said it because I feel that it maybe it's some sort of um, corollary or maybe it's you know but similarly, I am driven crazy. There was a story for example about some little kid I get who saved up his money. So that he could pay off all the kids' um, lunch bills. And everybody was like, oh, isn't oh this sweet? God. I was like, this is fucking oh horrific. My God. I was like, this I, I is that. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Fucking I, I had the same thing. Horrible. horrible. Are this you little kidding kid me? Has to, yeah, right. That's, that's yeah. our solution. That's like, uh, phew, that's yeah. taken care of. That some little kid mowed lawns or saved their allowance oh or whatever God. because we're too shitty as a society to do what this child did, which is to say, if a kid is hungry, let's just feed them. And so, we, yeah, we I'm do, with you. We, where we, it, yeah. we offload. We offload. You know, it's interesting. We've talked so much, on, again, on an individual level about emotional labor and, you know, sort of the heterosexual model of a household and so on. But we we probably could, could look at how that... um overlay that model of of in, an imbalance of emotional labor onto much broader societal issues, right? And and much broader pieces of like how we how we do things. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that though with in terms of forgiveness. Like, yeah, oh, he's had a he had a hard life or he he's a drug addict. Yeah. Well, like you said, like so maybe we should be financing rehab centers and not making this my fucking yes. fault so you can steal my next clarinet. Get the fuck out of here.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. That uh, this, this is it's just starting to show. I'm not saying starting. It shows up everywhere, but I see it meandering into places like it hadn't gone before. And I'm like, are you serious? So I live on a lake. And so we have a well for our water, but because, you know, this was not planned years ago, like the, you know, people just build houses all over the lake there's all these like really sort of questionable proximity concerns between where drinking water wells are and septic systems are and then also like things leaching and so you just go oh eh. <laughs> so we have water that we, we you know we clean and filter and everything our, our filtration system but for our drinking water we tend to get water delivered we try to get like a Poland spring water just delivered and so um, they've started to put this thing on your app where they say tip your driver. And I'm like, "You know who owns Poland Spring? Nestle. That is a multinational conglomerate and you want me to take my hard-earned money, you tip my fucking driver. Why are you out of your mind?" No, it's, a, it's I'm, But outrageous. I'm supposed to now look at this guy and go, "Hey, thanks. I, you know, have a good day." And he goes, "Yeah, thanks for the tip, asshole." I'm like, "You're fomenting." I don't yeah. know if he's saying yeah, yeah. That. You know what I mean? But maybe somebody feels the pressure to do it. And then I'm the only one on the street that doesn't tip. And he's like, but I'm like, you know, you're fomenting like class infighting when you you are a multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar corporation. I looked up the other day, the things that Nestle owns, and it would like your jaw would drop. Like what they own, the, the, the silos of the industries that they own. And they want me to tip their driver? I mean, the places where there's oh a God. tip
1: jar. And again, I feel like you, I actually, I make a point of tipping generously because I, you know, bartend, blah, blah, blah. I just feel like let's not take it out on the, the folks who have the least say over how this all goes. But I feel it is outrageous for me to yeah. bring a, a, a bag of chips and a Coke to a counter have the person tell me what that's going to cost me and then turn me this thing that says, you know, how much of a tip do you want to leave? None. Like, it's not that I don't believe in being good to people, but like, what is going on here? Did you bake the fucking chips? What what am I tipping right now?
0: Well, and it's such a weird way of it getting in. It's like, it brainworms the way that this idea gets in. So, mm-hmm. um, in Chicago, just recently, like within today or yesterday at some point, um, the city council voted to do away with the uh, less than minimum wage pay for tipped workers. So, now if you work a job, you make minimum wage, in which in Chicago is about $15 an hour right now. And people all over Twitter are saying this is going to cost customers more that we're going to have to pay more and that servers will get paid less. And I'm arguing with people online that I shouldn't be pointing out. It cannot be both. We could say that it's one or the other, but it literally cannot be both unless somebody is stealing from both of us. Mm-hmm. Like if you, as the customer are paying more for a burger and less for the tip, you're, you should be paying the same amount. If they charge you more than you would have paid with the tip, they're stealing from That's you. That's gouging. If the server is getting paid less because they're getting tipped less then this owner of the restaurant is taking money from them and not paying them what they should have been paid or what they should be getting paid. Like if we are increasing one thing, the only person that should be seeing less of that is the owner, because it should always be that the person with the most pays the most. And instead we are fucking fighting with each other, even though I'm going to keep tipping and I want everybody 100%. to get paid more and fucking, Waffle House employees deserve more, and the Nestle delivery guy deserves more. Yeah, fucking everybody except for the billionaires deserves more, and somehow we're getting pissed at each other about tips. It's right. fucking ridiculous. Right,
2: preach. Yes, boss.
0: As where, always. where, where
2: do I donate so to the for. cause? I know. I love it. I love. It. I want to tip you uh, uh, for, for your campaign to, to end uh, end all, uh, end all billionaires. But um, yeah, no, no. This is this is uh, it's it's a bad thing right now, and. It's funny because we work really hard on this podcast to send out really good message messages about everything, and we we, we want to share, we want to be kind. But but you go wait a second, like you're, it's different when, uh, it doesn't change the fact that you want to be kind. But it's like whoa 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 whoa. Well, it, it, you're, you're, you're you're a multi-billionaire yeah. billion you know billion-dollar corporation. You you first be kind. And, and that you know, like you first, like we have a limited supply of you know everybody's pinched for
1: money right now, well, that's and you're like that's when people say, you know, like you know, oh, you should give to such and such an organization to take care of, of wounded veterans, okay, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, I'm just saying, who would they get wounded for, like I didn't put together an army yeah, the- to to go anywhere, like that's. Part, that should be yeah. part of what we're all paying for. And what happens is it's not as if those who give more don't pay taxes. It's not as if those who give more get a break yeah. on their rent or their mortgage, but it's, it's an unfair burden and where your kindness is leveraged against you.
0: Yes. Yeah. It, no, it's the same way that it turns out that fucking ExxonMobil is the one that came up with the idea of a carbon footprint because those motherfuckers are destroying the planet and they want us to feel bad because I put my uh, air conditioning down to seventy-one degrees right. at night right. so that I could sleep through. Right. But I'm the asshole. Right. Why didn't Why didn't I use my reusable bag? Thank you, Exxon. Uh, uh, yes, I want to be clear,
2: just for the record, that we we are fully in support of of uh, of our of of the the people in our armed forces and the the VA and the people that come back, and I, I want to make sure that we. It's so you never know with these sound bites how it comes oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the people that have that have been wounded for in, in the name of protecting our country and um, they are so often forgotten. And it's like they are they're used up. Like oh, uh, yes. it's it's it feels like. And I, I wish that this wasn't the case, but it it feels like. Like a professional lie that everybody accepts is the truth, mm. and and it's like almost kind of funny, like like oh you know what sign up for the army oh well we really love you thank you for your service but as soon as you're of no use to us we're gonna fuck you as hard as possible we're gonna restrict I'm like these people should be living like kings of they course. should have the best of everything they should just be taken care of and and I support that like I, I do I support sending military incursions into whatever I don't want to put americans or anybody else in harm's way i don't want to put right anybody in. i don't want russians in harm's way and we're we're in a proxy war with russia right now i don't want young russians are the same as young americans young uh uh you know chinese soldiers it's not there it doesn't matter they are all human beings that are being led down a bad road by you know Uh, like in the name of, of of geopolitical events. And you just go, Oh my God, you take the human element is excruciating. So I, I, I just want to make sure we're clear. Like,
1: no, thank you. It's not, it's not like,
2: yeah, you know what I mean? We're not, yeah, we we just, we just, our heart goes out to the end. And it's like, we don't, these are not throwaways. These are human beings, like treat them with respect. It makes me crazy. It makes me, you know, I can hear my voice wavering, but it makes me crazy. Um, so anyway, okay, this is it. We're at the moment yeah, that's nice. where boss, what's the song that comes on now? Um, it is, she said, what'd you think of Sarge? And Sarge's second chances. And now we cut to uh, like a, like a pharmacy. God, it's God awful. Fluorescent Joe versus the volcano style lighting. It's just terrible, uh, terrible fluorescent lighting. And what, and what's the song
0: that plays boss? Uh, it's called Changes by Langhorn Slim in the Law.
2: Yeah, and then like just walk us through what happens in this scene.
0: This scene I actually really love. So uh, Dell is walking. It's a slow motion shot. She has her pads, and she's walking up to the counter. Before she gets there, Wayne comes over with a shopping cart full of nicer <laughs> products.
1: Just Everything
0: a, that a you could find. Yeah. It's um. <laughs> I will fully admit I uh, have a health savings account, so I will buy all of my products in bulk online. And then there is a period of time, uh period was pun intentional, apologies for that. But I was coming in on that there,
2: though. God good damn, damn it.
0: There's a point uh, uh, once or twice a year where the back of my closet will just be overfilled with tampons and pads. And this is what he has going here. He's he's going to get everything he Failed before to get her what she needed, and now he's going to make sure that she has literally everything she could possibly need. I would toss
1: into it, that. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead, Coach. You got it. No, no, no. I was just saying, I, I, like, this is his make... There's a
2: point. Why is he doing this, Coach? Like, what is the... To
1: me, he's, like, whatever embarrassment or shame or whatever went on before that made me go to three stores and where I wasn't fully just focused on the fact that you needed me, I'm letting you know that the... The, the number one thing in this life now is you needing me. And if I've got to have a whole cart full of menstrual products, then so goddamn be it. And I just lo- I mean, yeah. what a specific and oddly war- heartwarming, like, and I don't just say it because they're fe- you know, feminine products or whatever, like anything of this sort, but it's, I don't know, it's just like interestingly intimate as I've found a lot of their relationship
2: yeah it's beautiful and and notice that he he walks up and he just grabbed six of everything he's like i am i am up for this that's it i those days are gone this is this is what a brave new world looks like with me i do, i will never do that again right but she just wants one product that she wants but instead of her handing it to the cashier what is this is a key element of the scene what happens here coach walk us through that he he takes
1: it from her she starts to hand it to the cashier. And he takes it from her and he hands it to the cashier. And again, Yes. Yes. It's not like, give her here, little lady. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm making it clear. I'm gonna do anything I can to take care of you. And right now, it's buying this for you and we'll take it from here. I just yeah. And and you can the see on her face. The symbolism's important. Yeah. yeah. And think about how we've seen her treated up to this point. She had to steal cookies just to have a couple bucks on her. And her father fucking took that shit as he scolded yep. her for how she made that money. Like, was it, it was like, yes. oh, it's dirty money, but not so dirty, I'm not gonna shove it in my pocket and go buy some scratches. Right? Meanwhile, here's this kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so What the up. fuck? You know, so, so anyway, you
1: can see you can see on her face that she is um Touched. Like, I, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. She seems touched. And the little look she gives him. I mean, this whole thing they've got going on with the two of them is just cute beyond. <laughs> I can't take it. Yes. I can't goddamn take it. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. And, you know, uh, at Castleton, I feel like I routinely just disagree with you out of spite and nature and yeah. just no, it feels good. Yeah, that's on Um But I will say, I feel like one of the things you said in one of the earlier episodes was she is not from the kind of family where she would be able to trust that Wayne would come back eventually. And what I argued at the time was, number one, Wayne didn't come back. Wayne left her in that fucking bathroom for an hour, which would have made me lose my goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. But also... He hadn't proven to her that he would be willing to show up now that he has done it a little bit. She is not backing away or pushing away like she's she's into it she's
1: good that's a good like point.
0: He has actually stepped up to that's show that point. he will be there for her in the future. I think now she does trust him
1: yeah there's a there's a there there's a depending on your life and your your life's experiences, do you default to the beautiful world part? Or the dangerous
0: part mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. and um she for good reason frankly defaults to the dangerous part oh yeah. you are you are well, a potential what, problem what do you quote? you're referring
2: you're referring boss i mean coach you're, what do you specifically what's the quote you're referring to from boss's friend right
1: yeah i'm trying to remember the exact quote but it was basically that the life is both life is both beautiful and dangerous
0: the world is beautiful and not safe. The world
1: is beautiful and not safe. And I just yep, think, right. yeah, that's one of the most, like seriously, no kidding around, like one of the most profound things I've I've heard. And um, so on point to my experience and so on point to work I've had to do of like, but can yeah. it be both? Like I've literally been in EM, in, going through an EMDR session and having to like sort out that like, I got to tell my little kid and me, Actually, I can't really promise you everything's gonna be all right
0: yeah yeah it's not it's not always gonna be all right, but it's gonna hopefully turn out more good than That's bad right.
2: yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about safety as we talk about this show because what when you you see this look between uh Wayne and Dell, and he is like, "I will provide you safety." And she is smiling because she's like, I am unfamiliar with this, right. with this type of gesture. Right. Like, and, and, and like begrudgingly, cause she's a hard ass. She's a tough cookie. And somehow this weird head banging music, listening to like psycho that takes punches like she's never seen, but bites her dad's nose. He's getting under her skin in a way nobody ever has. Um, And and it's young and it's innocent and it's earnest, you know, and also like like clouded with a lot of
1: um, a lot of pain on both sides. So it's just there's a lot cooking here. Um, One word I would toss in there is honest, and I think that's going to matter as we go. If it's one thing I find both these, even as she steals, which is interesting. If it's one thing I would say about both these characters is they are incredibly honest. It just that just stands out to me about both of them.
2: That's interesting. Okay, good. That's going to be a through line we're going to talk about. It. So we cut from the scene right at the at uh, the checkout, and boss, what happens? We're like right outside the bathroom in the back now, um, of the of the store. And and what's the instance? Like sort of a real close up on on what's happening at waist level, sort of.
0: Yes, and I believe he is uh, handing her a tampon. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if this was a continuation of he is going to be responsible for the menstrual products or what, but if nothing else, he was actually like just the little individual plastic wrapped tampon handing it over to her.
1: Right. And she takes it and then coach, what does she do? She punches him like on that chest, chest shoulder kind of area. I call that a Rebecca Sam punch. And
0: yeah, but Mm -hmm. but really
1: it's just, it's super sweet. Um, Again, like they're not they're really becoming close. Like it's not, oh, what do people who are falling in love do? Like, this is what Dell would do to Wayne to say you did good. Be right back. Yes. Um, I do I do want to point out like how monochromatic this soul is. I'm obsessed with color apparently everywhere I go. Um <laughs> but you'll see that when she comes back out of the bathroom, she provides the only color in the shot and i do think that's intentional
2: yeah i mean he, he, she punches him he smiles uh and he turns away I, 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 since we, since sergeant geller said second chances we have had no dialogue but a tremendous amount is happening oh wow yeah and you're right over top of music you know what i mean it's it, it's 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 almost like a flex when you're this good at moving story along um, and, and I love one thing that you said. Um, I, I don't know who, who, which one of you said it. Um, but when, when you're referring to, uh, that this is, this is this story, like this is what she would do. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, when we're talking about, about shows like this. This is, uh, when Sean Simmons creates this show and he writes this show, right? He's telling this particular story maybe that story doesn't relate to you, but like he is telling the story of these people and it, and it is unique and personal. And like there's, it's, it's got so much honesty to it. It just doesn't feel like the bullshit that you see elsewhere. It has these sort of very, very key personal moment. Like, uh, like this guy who couldn't buy a tampon in three different stores hours ago, Right, and they've had this like near-death experience, and he's reevaluated, and now he's not only handing them over, like you know, trying to buy all of them, but handing them over, making this gesture, and then, and then, like accompanying her to the bathroom where he can, like, almost make good for. Shit, this is the thing I should have done in the first six hours ago. Yeah, you know what I mean, or eight hours, or whatever. However much time has uh, transpired, we're still slow motion as he walks away. And now, boss, walk us through this next part because we're now in the bathroom with Dell. We sort of pivot down. This is a study cam shot that that sort of settles, drops onto her, and it's just her in frame. And what what's going on here?
0: Oh, she's sitting on the toilet crying. Which, if you haven't done, you should try. I think maybe it happens more for women because more of our bathroom trips involve sitting down on a toilet. Go ahead and give it a try. Hmm. Um, also, I think. I read a lot in her face that this is not necessarily sadness. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, especially mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I have realized that, uh, the extent to which something could just be touching sometimes makes you cry when you don't mm-hmm. quite understand it. Like when I go to the national show and I have to cry, which I have to do every fucking time. It isn't that I'm sad. It is just a level of emotionality that causes a physical reaction. Um, that, uh, a very American idea that crying is a bad thing uh, is one I hate more than anything else. Like literally it is a physical response to things happening. If somebody were like, Oh my God, you peed gross right. weird. you be like, well, right. I drank water. What do you want me to do? I experienced the world. Do you mm-hmm. think I'm going to do that and not cry? Give me a fucking break. Um, but as she is like finishing her crying, she stands up and she starts unloading, from the pockets of his jacket that he, she is still wearing uh, all the stuff that she's apparently taken. And I didn't take that to mean that. There, I don't think that she thought, Oh, I used to be bad and I used to steal and now I'm oh, not going to no. do that anymore. It was, he doesn't want me to steal. He is trying. So I'm going to try also.
1: I. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said and incredibly insightful. I think there's a there's a brand of the crime you described that when you encounter like a simple kind of beauty and you but you've not had a lot of that brand of beauty or not had a lot of beauty in your life, it can be overwhelming. Um and so to me, like has anyone hurt her feelings. Like seriously, in her lifetime, has anyone hurt her feelings and then done something to make it clear that they were sorry that they hurt her feelings and that they were gonna try to do better going forward. I feel like there's a there's a non-zero no. chance that this is like a wholly new <laughs> experience for her. Like a whole cloth. And um so for me when she put this stuff down with everything you just said, I, I I wondered if not consciously, but on some level, taking stuff was, was an attempt to fill a certain hole and that there's a, there's, there's a little bit of hope now that there's another way to fill it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, boss.
0: Well, I I apparently am on a a big, um, uh, people who have suffered abuse are not inherently uh, broken kick today cuz i'm going to i'm going to do this too. Um i think that there is an idea that part of getting therapy or getting help or going to counseling however whichever ways that you work on yourself is changing you from a broken person into a fixed person or a, mm. a good person. I hate saying that, mm-hmm. but that it changes who you are as a person. I don't think it does. I think that Dell has always had in her an ability to let people affect her when they don't seem like assholes, when Tracy did not seem like an asshole, Dell was willing to get along with her. When Wayne was able to show up for her, she was willing to able to take that. It has mm-hmm. not been that she doesn't have an understanding of how people are good and nice to each other. It's more so that that is not applicable to her in most of her life. like the idea that mm-hmm. if a therapist told her before she'd met Wayne before she ran away. You should just be more trusting of people. She'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? My dad is going to steal my money and he's going to call me names and my brothers are going to be assholes. I fucking can't trust them. And so I liked so much that they were showing us she is still entirely herself, but she has always been able to be open when it was safe and good for her. And so I think that this is just her, you know, becoming more of herself than anything.
2: Yeah, I, I actually really love that, and I want to push back very gently, or I want to clarify. One, I, I don't want to push back hard because you'll come back like a viper, like you usually do. Um, and your Boss is nodding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, you said something where she's like, "Oh, Wayne doesn't want her to steal," so she and I'm like, "I don't know if Wayne plays into this. Maybe like as far as like what he wants, I think would rub her the wrong way." And she's like, "No, you don't get the fucking something." That I think is more actual deal. But she is mindful. That he's willing to change, and so it's like a ch- it's like rising to the challenge to meet that effort. And yes. she knows she like somewhere in there, like exactly what you're saying. She knows who she is on the inside. She knows what this is, and she wants to be. She wants to look at herself in a way that will that merits that sort of what she's seeing the growth she's seeing in him in this short period of time. He nobody changes for her. Nobody. Yeah. And, and this this is a person. For the first time in her life, that is changing, like u- independently of anything else, uniquely for her and to her, a- and and making an effort to do that. And she's like, I think something inside of her is like, you know, I want to, I want, I want to also do that because she wasn't just crying; she also seemed relieved in a weird way. She had like she was smiling and laugh and laughing, but like in a really pained way. And it's like this poor girl. <laughs> my God, I I love her so much. It's just the emotion that she. And I'm like, oh God! Like this bathroom is is like ground zero for shit. That that you know, good parents. Yeah, you, you got to get out of that pause
1: faster, Coach. You can't say a bathroom is ground zero for shit and then just let that hang there. I'm just gonna put that out there. You got to get out of that pause faster. You gotta, you gotta go.
2: Yeah, that's an excellent point, Coach. That's an excellent point. Uh, I, I, my apologies, but it's all the things that she's now. You know these these. Uh, uh, Wayne is clearly uh, lacking a mother figure. Uh, uh, Dell is lacking, um, both parents really, but you know, like th- th- some of the work you do with kids at a young age, you know, where they learn certain things that has not been done. These guys have had to just kind of fumble through the darkness and th- this feels like a quantum change for her to see somebody doing this with her in mind. Um, and so, yeah, it's amazing. It's powerful. Again, no dialogue, but she leaves it behind. It's, it's a, even the, the, the symbolism of like Wayne taking the, the tampons to hand them to, he wants to be the one to hand them, the symbolism of her taking the stuff out of the pockets to leave them to do, abandon that and move on from them. You know, these are, these are choices. People thought of this, this was not uh, arbitrary. The writers thought about this. Uh, Sean Simmons thought about this, And she walks out. Again, wearing the jacket that she mocked him, uh, for wearing. What the fuck even are you? And now she's, she's wearing it. She walks out. It's again, slow motion. We stay with her. It's that, uh, exactly what coach says, monochromatic, except she's the only thing in green. Um, it is so, uh, it's such a, you know, again, what a trick to make this back aisle of a faceless nameless pharmacy hell right like hellscape is actually this beautiful place where something special happened Mm -hmm. for these two and you just go wow like jesus christ like for me i I, you go as a filmmaker you go like holy fuck man like this is where you just go up to the 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 crew and the cast and you're just like um (laughs) like you know they spend mil hundreds of millions of dollars on TV and film all the time with budgets that make this thing look like a shoebox joke. And they cannot give you even an iota, even a scratch of this type of chemistry and connectivity and, and, and the ability to move uh, this uh, plot along in a subtle way like this. Um, So it it is just like a slow clap kind of moment. We pivot. It's not quite subjective camera. It's not quite from um, Dell's point of view, but it is from Dell's angle. As we see, Wayne is is waiting for her. He's not outside the store, right? And this is a conscious choice. Don't you guys?
1: Yeah, do? no, that's a good point.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He was going to be in her eyesight once she got out of yes. the
1: bathroom. she would not have to wonder, right? Yep.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: Right. Because that is him. That's another example of like, are you coming back? Like, did you? You know what I mean? He is there, and and, and we talk about showing up and being present. And he he is there now. Did anyone uh, notice by any chance uh, what he was reading as he waited for? It? He's really engrossed in something. What is it?
0: Conan comic.
2: Yeah, Conan. Uh,
0: famous uh, late night host Conan O'Brien has his own comic where <laughs> he does something with swords.
2: That's, that's not that's not remotely funny. That's terrible. No? no, I hate it. Hate everything you just said. Uh, yeah, uh, all you, right well yeah i don't you know mean, why you
0: hate conan o'brien but that's fine oh, that God. is so
2: so brutal why 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 <laughs> what is it
0: well it's one uh coaches laugh right there almost a giggle i almost said he giggled. <laughs> and then you being so angry conan it's the best combination
2: the barbarian that's hilarious.
0: is not wow. the
2: six foot seven so you're not into Harvard irish graduate. folks
0: i guess if you're calling them barbarians
1: Oh my god. Wild. Wow. wow. I didn't see this uh, going this way, but uh do we have HR? Yeah, no. This is
2: <laughs> this this is awful. Uh, Conan O'Brien, uh, a O'Brien, proud son of uh, of uh of Massachusetts by the way. Um and, uh, and he and he knows. Like you listen to him talk about it I'm like, yep, yep, he, he knows. Um so uh yeah, uh he is just casually it's almost the most calm you'll ever see Wayne. You know like look at his his shoulders are, are a little bit relaxed. He's leaning on a, on a shelf a little bit. You know, he, he's he's pensive. He's sort of sort of, you know, he's engrossed in this. But there's no threat about him. You know, there's no like he's got that protector instinct. But like for one brief moment, it's almost like a little kid reading a reading a book in bed. Like it just has that vibe to it. And Adele walks out and sees him reading this, and she approaches him. The camera. Uh, well, the camera is pushing in on both of them independently to ramp up the tension and add to the music. And then we push in on Wayne, push in on Dell. They're, they're looking at each other. And there's this again, no words like wordlessly. And for like two or three beats, these are camera movements where they, they maintain sort of this. It, it's not, um, it's, it's definitely this, uh, uh, God, what's, what's the, what's the look on their face guys. It is, it is not, um, they're not committed in either way to an emotion Yeah. in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like th- there's this very middle ground sort of facial expression on both of them. She's, she's clearly had a moment. He's clearly been engrossed in the thing. They look up at each other. There's eye contact. There's like a real connection between them, but like, there's no, they're not smiling or anything mm-hmm.
1: like that. There's not, you know what I mean? For several mm-hmm. beats, I, it, it's interesting. It's it, I mean, it, the, whether or not the word is neutral, maybe that too is part of why I experience them as being honest, because I don't get the sense that either of them has felt the the social pressure between them to be a certain way. Like, I can't see her ever fake laughing at a joke he made. I can't oh, see, God, yeah, right? right. Like, I, like I think he looks up and he doesn't have anything to re- react to right now. He's just looking at her and she's just looking at him and they're just being in that moment. We're usually accustomed to people doing shit. So I think when we just watch people be together that it, it feels like, oh, what's what anybody going to do? What's going to happen? It's like nothing's going to happen. They're just, gonna, they're just having this moment. Each with their feelings about
0: yeah. it. Yeah. And I wasn't even sure, I don't know if what we were supposed to be noticing in that is their feelings for each other or their awareness of each other this is like when you walk into a party and are able to spot your friend the person who you like were invited to this party because of and then once they know that you are there like your eyes meet across the room even if it's not like a romantic or a sexual thing it's just you you find the person across the room and you're like, Oh, there, there you are. That this is more what it felt like. Like maybe he heard her, maybe he heard the door shut, but what he knew Mm -hmm. was she is now here. Mm -hmm. And he, she was noticing he is here also.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good, I like that boss. I like that a lot. That's, that is true. There are those moments. I love those moments, by the way, where you're like, Oh, there's my person across the room. Or sometimes it's even like they'll walk by you and you'll do something like surreptitiously, like, you just bump elbows or something, and you're like, you know what I mean? It's just like some stupid little thing where you're like, yep, like that. I can't. I you're making me. I, I can't even tell you how many times like I've been to a place, especially when I lived in LA, where Coach would be in the room, and I'd see him and be like, that's it. like I walk by him and it's it one bump, one little thing, and and he'd be in the middle of. One of his grand soliloquies, dying on the inside. Apparently now I know, but um, going like, "Hey, blah, 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 and he'd see me, and be, there would be like the tiniest glimmer of recognition, and like you know, he's like, Oh, there's my guy,' like boom, then and it's it, and it's a beautiful moment. And so yeah, they're really in each other's space, uh, or, in, or just present with each other in this moment. And the camera's doing a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, oh, it, is yeah, a, for sure. it is a, it is it is a choice camera wise, but it's beautiful. And and listen, I just want to, sometimes we point out why things work, but, but I want to point out how this wouldn't work with a lesser director, with a lesser crew, right. with a lesser right. cast. What if he winked or something? What if he, do you see what I'm saying? I know I'm saying right. people would choose that. Right. Uh, like, uh, you know, like uh, what if she like la- threw her head back and laughed or something and you'd be like, wait, what you see? what I'm saying it was, it's so fragile. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. so fragile to keep this amount of motion in the scene and keep the air in it while you have all these camera moves Mm -hmm. and it's just masterful i keep i keep uh rewinding it and watching it here and i'm like oh my god it's so beautiful and then finally once we've had that connectivity once we've had those moments together where they kind of they're just looking at each other and then finally, when we get just tight enough, um, you see that. Oh my God, God! I'm just watching this. Is the Glitter Boss come? Look at this. The tiniest. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Good. Yes. Go ahead. yes well,
0: no. Me. I just. I need. I need very, very much to clarify that while he is playing a 17 year old, uh, Mark McKenna, the actor, was well into his 20s. Ah. So when I say I get where Dell is coming from in this shot specifically. Like he was the weirdo that was listening to the death metal in his bedroom. And he did bite her dad's nose off. But when he is looking up over, like that look where it's, uh, you're almost looking up at the other person. So your eyes are up at them. Whatever this is. It is fucking working he is doing it well and a uh, little smirk at the end not even a smirk but just like a tiny little tiny flip yes the tiny like a, a twitch of a smile
2: yeah he is a De- i got handsome, it handsome 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 mm-hmm, boy mm-hmm, dear mm-hmm. god and, and and that like that is like that that's that melts what he just did listen and and I, I always like my biggest concern about this show when I first started watching it was like, can she hang with him? Because I had the sense, dear God, he is a beaut. He is a really good actor. He is he is totally owning this part. And then she just keeps keeps up with him the whole like you just go, Oh my gosh, she's she's every bit as winning and charming and capable. She's so competent. Just the ability to, to move mountains with tiny movements of your face. You go, Jesus H. Christ. She is a super. These two are unbelievable. So we have this moment. He starts it with a little smile. She responds. And, um, and that is, that's it. We get it. We get a shot. We get the, the, the smash screen of Wayne. And that is it. That is, we are done with Wayne episode two. No priests. Um, holy, holy fuck. It is so, Oh, I love it so much. Um, I can't, I, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I get so excited about it. I'm so happy, uh, that you guys are watching this with me. One of the true joys of this is watching with coach. Um, he makes little noises <laughs> and every time he does, you know, you'd say like, it's not like a hamster making a noise or something. And it's not like he'll just be like, he will see something and he'll hear like a little like, hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, you hear like, mm-hmm. You guys have been friends long enough that, yes, you got that perfect mm. Just so, <laughs> uh, it, like, he is deep in thought. It is, in it's own. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I see what they were doing there. Like, I, I got I, Yeah. I could tell, mm-hmm. I can write out what
2: he's thinking. I could type it. <laughs> Coach is going to talk about this. And you say, okay, this mm-hmm, is why, this, mm-hmm. it's, it's like crazy. But you see, you know someone well enough and you, and you see it, you just go, oh, my God. So, um, that is, a uh, Wayne episode, um. Episode 2. Holy shit. Um yeah, that that is uh that is no priests. We will be back. Our next episode of Wayne will be uh season 1 episode 3, uh chapter 3, which is entitled it's literally called chapter 3, The Goddamn Beacon of Truth. Oh. That's the t-
1: title of the episode. All right. So I guess that honesty. I'm trying to think is real. of what that would be. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: I guess that's coming through. No, 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 no. We're both just mulling out loud. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm. The goddamn beacon of truth. Mm. Um, oh, God. Thank you. I, I'm such a good, I love watching the show. Uh, Coach, where do people find
1: you if they want to find you? The podcast, Unstuck AF, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're just uh, helping folks be their best selves and live their best lives. So check it out. And, boss, what about you?
0: Uh, Still on Twitter, arguing with people about economics and how if a restaurant goes under because they are required to pay their servers a living wage, they're probably not a great business to begin with. Uh, But that's uh, Twitter and Blue Sky is both Dummily underscore Chambers and writing at The Antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Thanks to our wonderful worldwide listening community. Thanks to all of our buttercups and everyone who supports us. Uh, please take time to, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, write us a review and and uh, recommend us to a friend. Word of mouth is how we get uh, almost all of our traffic because we don't know shit about marketing. I mean, <laughs> maybe you guys do, but I know nothing. Less than nothing. I want to spend my time talking about these shows and not being out there, uh, you know, promoting, promoting things when I'm terrible at it. So, um, really tell a friend if you think they would enjoy it. Um, we have a, a bunch of shows we're going to do together. Wayne is, is this version right now. There's only 10 episodes. We will blast through them lickety split. Um, and then we'll be on to the next one. Uh, and so with that.
1: We remain. Richmond.
0: Richmond till, till we, we die. Yeah. No, fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> we maybe we maybe we should uh have one where we just shout Northside when we're ending these oh, episodes. Northside, bitch!
2: Awesome.
0: North Side bitch I
2: I love it. I love it. It's yeah, it's like a new mantra. It's uh, so good. We're Richmond flat till Bush. we die. What'd you say? Flatbush. Said flatbush. Oh yeah, flatbush. <laughs> Flatball and then he got creamed by the wave, right? It was, right?
1: Amazing. Like, it was yeah. amazing. It
2: was so good. I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next time. The Tedcast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the antagonist.
0: Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.